Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast where we talk TTMs, cards, autographs, collecting. Autographs. How about autographs and collecting? And maybe even some food, Drew, maybe even some music, uh, a little of everything, right? Uh, oh, my yeah. name is Jeff Baker. I am the host of this fine, fine program talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. It is season five, episode six. It is the weekend of February 11th, Super Bowl weekend, all excited. And I am joined by my friend and co-host from Dallas, Texas, Mr. Drew Pelto. He is the best content creator out there. Make sure you follow him on YouTube. Drew, how you doing, buddy? Oh, not too bad. And I'll finally have a video again this week. So that's uh, that's a good thing right there. Woohoo! DFW Graffer, guys. Follow him on social media. Follow him on YouTube. He'll have a new video this week. He does a new video just about every week. He also does all sorts of cool posts. And he's an author. He's a writer. He's a drummer. He does everything. <laughs> Drew Pretty is much. The man. Whatever, whatever I can find to fill in the time there. Just, yeah. Drew is the man. And he has that sick voice. He has the best, uh, the best radio voice out there. I'm so jealous every time he opens his mouth. <laughs> Drew, we got a big weekend, Super Bowl weekend. I got my squares. Did you get your squares yet? Uh, yeah, I actually got in with uh, one of the, I think it's East Coast Collectors Service did one that they're going to have like some autograph prizes for each quarter. So I bought in on one of those and yeah, we'll see what happens. Very cool. Yeah, they, they haven't picked the numbers yet. I got to throw my brother-in-law. So we'll get, I only bought two squares just to have a rooting interest. And I'm actually alive in a fantasy football playoff pool. So I got, I have uh, 10 of my 12 guys were Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm really rooting for like a, 34 to 31 game you know i need yep. i need a lot of scoring <laughs> and it always makes the squares much more interesting right yeah it definitely does i mean especially and what what can either be really good or really bad too is like the two super bowls there had a safety as the first score just like throws everything completely off there for a little bit i know i, I saw a great proposition do you ever do you ever want to watch the propositions they have all these different prop bets it's really cool i do sometimes yeah all right, the one prop bet that I really loved, right? It was if more than two players throw a forward pass in the game. Oh. And what do you think? Do you think would you bet on that or against it? I honestly would probably bet on that because I mean I would too. Kansas City has been known to use the uh a couple of uh, other guys throwing the ball a little bit here and yeah, there. Yeah, what happens if Mahomes hurts his ankle and then then they have to, they have to bring in Henny, right? That too. Yep, yep. I think that's the, I think that's a, right. That's that one will definitely lose if if we did, if I bet on it, but. <laughs> I just uh, looked it up. They just drew the squares for that uh, one from East coast collectors service. So I find, so I know what I've got here. Oh, my, what you got? Uh, I only bought one square. It was 10 bucks a square. And I'm like, you know what? We'll just toss it and see what happens. Not too bad. I have NFC nine AFC zero for a square. Oh, you could hit that one. Yeah. That could definitely, uh, could definitely land. Well, good luck. I'll root for you. 
NFC nine, AFC zero. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see. Can we get twenty nine to ten? That would be a good one. Yeah, that could happen. <laughs> I mean, twenty nine. No, they always have these crazy two pointers or something. Something happens. So something's right. happened just about every week. So I'm looking forward to watching the Super Bowl. We'll talk a little about that later. Uh, I'm just gonna have it at my. I'm just watching it at my house. I I've been invited to a couple parties, but uh, you know the game's so late. You know it starts so late and. Uh, you know, not, not, I don't have to be at work the next day, but it's just, I don't know. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jen and I were thinking about, we were trying to think about trying to go over to our friend Aubrey's for it, but she's, a, she's from Kansas city. So, you know, big chiefs fan and everything, but I've also got very good friends who are, who are uh, Philly natives and Eagles fans. So it's like, oh boy, this is, this is a conundrum here, but yeah, it's uh, the problem though. is I mean, my wife's got to be up for work super early the next day and it's an hour to get out there and an hour to get back. So it's like, as soon as that game ends at nine 30, we wouldn't be getting back home till 10 30. So it's like, uh, yeah, I don't think so. You know what? It, it, it's funny. Cause I, I think this is going to be a good game because simply going in, I thought Kansas city was a lock. I really did. I thought, yeah. I thought, you know, they have the experience, they have Mahomes. I think they, they, uh, I have, I think they're talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as the week went on, I'm like, leaning towards philly i think philly's good yeah and i think i don't know philly has those great wide receivers and, and jalen hurts has had a good year and their defense is really good and mm-hmm. i don't know so I, when I, when that happens i think it's gonna it usually ends up being a good game yeah i mean you've got two really underrated defenses here on these two teams so yeah i'm i'm excited to see what happens here i mean you've got explosive offense you've got strong defense that's that's a sign for a good game I agree. Hey, guys, uh, I want to thank, we have had so many new listeners the last couple of weeks since we started our TTM Cast 101 show, which is on every Wednesday. Make sure you listen to that. Uh, this week, we had Doug Wedge on. He is author of a brand new book. It's called Pinnacle on the Mound. It's all about Cy Young uh, winners. And it's had great, great, I've had great responses from the listeners, Drew, uh, enjoying the interview. And, uh, you know, a lot of people entering to win a chance to to win a copy of his book. So make sure you listen to our TTM Cast 101, which was last Wednesday. And next Wednesday, we have Roger Mason. Roger Mason played 10 seasons in the MLB. He was a pitcher, played for a number of teams, seven teams in all. Uh, started with the Tigers in 1984. He played with the Phillies and the Pirates and the San Francisco 49ers. So Francisco Giants, they do that all the time. San Francisco <laughs> Giants. He played with the New York Mets. He played with a lot of teams. He was, a, he was a, uh, basically a bullpen guy, but he was pretty good. He had a pretty good career. Um, and the, the one trivia question of Roger Mason, and I, I asked him about it in our interview ne- uh, next Wednesday, did you know he's the, the only person to give up three home runs to the first three batters in a game? Oof. Wow, did, that's that, that's a dubious distinction right there. I know. He did it against the, the uh, San Diego Padres, uh, and I don't remember the year of it, but he did. Uh, the three guys that hit home runs were Marvell Wynn, mm-hmm. Tony Gwynn, and yep. John Cruck. That's right. I remember that because uh, Tops used to do those uh, box uh, bottom cards. Yeah. And I think the 88 Tops set had those three guys on there. I mentioned that on on uh, on the back of them. Yeah. And and, and it's funny. Uh, he was he was talking about it in the interview. Steve Garvey was up fourth and he oh, said geez. he smoked one. He had to get a double. Oh, man. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So we're gonna have that's next Wednesday, guys. Wednesday, Roger William, Roger, Roger Mason is a really fun interview. Uh, I let the cat out of the bag on one of the things that we talked about, but make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out this week's Doug Wedge interview uh as well. Drew, how was your week? 
It was good. Relaxing. Uh, just sent out a few TTMs here over to uh, Europe and into Mexico as well. So we'll see if those come back. But aside from that, I'm experiencing some uh, hashtag grapher problems right now. I went and, you know, bought a bunch of stamps there and everything. And now I'm sitting here with all these, you know, American stamps and I'm sitting here going, who do I want to write to? I mean, there's I've, I've written to a lot of guys that I, you know, that I have stuff for and that I have interest in. So it's like, God, what am I going to do now? Because I mean, I've, I've got some football ones I could send out, but then I'd have to really think about, okay, well, what do I say in my letter here and stuff? I've got basketball ones where I have to kind of sit and think about those ones a lot. Whereas, you know, a lot of the baseball guys, hockey guys, anybody in uh, from a Cleveland team, very easy for me to write to. It's the ones that like, you know, that I have to sit there and think about for a while that I'm like, uh, yeah, I could write to this guy, but that would involve effort. And so no, I I'm know. having I'm graphic problems. Like you right you know what? You get, you, you get these, um, I don't know, lulls, right? You're yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do the 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 Cleveland Indians from the the 1980s, and you get you get going, and you get 20 or 30 out, and then like, oh shoot, what am I gonna do now? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm thinking about maybe I'll go back through my list of you know players I've sent to, and if it's somebody that I've sent to, but it's been like 10 years or so, it's like, all right, maybe you know I'll recycle through some of those or something like that. So yeah, yeah, that's we'll cool. See. Well, that's good. I I sent out, I think I sent out 12 on two days ago. And then I've got, t I've got 10 uh, prepped, so to speak. And I just got to pull cards. So I've got, a, I've got a few and I, I you know what, I, I've been watching a lot of the, one of the guys, and I forget which guy was it uh, on, on one of the sites. He's been getting a lot of the guys, the Bowman guys, you know, the rookie guys, the Bo first Bowman cards, yep. but I'm like, it's kind of spring trainings next week. And I, I think it's a little too late to get those guys. Don't you? Yeah. I would not do that now. Usually with like any Bowman or heritage miners or anything like that, if you're not sending out within a month of them coming out, hold on to them then. Cause I mean, a lot of guys, I think they'll like hit it right when it comes out and then it's like, it starts to pile up and like, yeah, I'll get to it later. And then they'll hit it in the following off season. Yeah, I know. Well, that's pretty cool. Hey guys, we have a really fun show for you. Um, we have David Merrick. Dave Merrick is the senior vice president of marketing for the Somerset Patriots. And he is a huge collector as well. He just finished the 71 and 72 top set. And we talked to Dave about collecting cards and about um, being a, working in the minor leagues. We're working in AA and, and dealing with prospects and the whole nine yards. And he, he's a, a really forthcoming guy. So uh, that will be uh, later in the show in Collector's Corner. We also have Clemente Lee saying, Clemente, uh, he, was just like a, he was just like all wound up. And he was all like one of those, those uh, jack in the boxes, you know what I mean? You, you hit the button, you hit the, you hit the thing. And then he just like, we, he was shot out of a cannon. Clemente and I went for over an hour talking hockey and soccer stuff. So that's coming up in, in Clemente's world. Um, guys, next week, next Saturday, there will not be a show. No show next Saturday. No show next Saturday. I am heading out to Fort Myers for spring training for four or five days. So we will not, it'll be over the weekend. So I am, we are Drew and I will not have a show next Saturday. We will have a show uh, next Wednesday, and then we will come back the following uh, Wednesday and then a Saturday. So no show next Saturday, which would be what? The 19th, I think. What's the next show? Next Saturday. Yeah, 18th, 19th, somewhere around there. That yeah, weekend. so there's no show next week, guys. All right. Uh, we apologize, but we'll, we'll, we have all sorts of stuff. I got all sorts of fun interviews uh, scheduled and, and recorded already. We got, we got a lot of stuff, but no show next Saturday. Drew, why don't you let people know what we got uh, this week? Of course, we've got all of our usual segments. We've got Baker's Dozen, where we cover all of the hobby news from the previous week. As you mentioned, we've got Collector's Corner with Dave Merrick, Clemente's World with uh, Clemente Lisi. 
Uh, we've got our contest. I got some, uh, I believe, some uh, winners to give away some stuff to there as well. Making the grade where we cover everything in the world of grading. Got some TTM cast stamp approval where Jeff and I give our thumbs up to something, anything, could be literally anything from the previous week that's on our minds. We've got the Vern Rap Minute where we cover the, any deaths in the world of sports, celebrity music, movies, politics, you name it. Anybody that you might TTM if they died from the previous week, we will make sure that you are aware of that. And of course, the main reason why you're here and why we're here are TTM returns. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of gives a wah wah wah, right? I've been sending out a lot, but I think there's just a, I think we're in a lull. I don't, I'm not quite. Yeah, sure it why. seems to happen in uh, January and February a little bit. I've noticed, or at least that's what it feels like to me, at least. So yeah, yeah, kind I, of a slower week there, but at least I got something this week. Because I mean, you may remember last week I had a gigantic goose egg sitting there. Yeah, I've had, I think I had six last week, but I not, it, it was weird. It was like nothing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I got a couple on Thursday and Friday, and I'm hoping I have a couple. Uh, on today in today's mail but it's just been a kind of a slow week well guys we love to hear from you my favorite thing is getting emails from listeners and, and uh hearing from you guys so if you have any questions if you have any comments if you'd like to be a guest we're always looking for guests in terms of collectors for collectors corner just send us an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com yeah, no, it's funny. It's it's already in all of Drew's relatives' phones, right? In the in their <laughs> email. So I, you know, I get two I get two uh, emails from Drew's cousins every, every week. I got I just got an email from a guy in Dallas saying saying Drew's the best. So you know, <laughs> Drew 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 has his cousins sending out sending emails all the time. But you know, let's uh, get get some emails. We'd love to hear from you. Send it to ttmcast at yahoo.com. All right, Drew, I think we got all our housekeeping out of the way, right? Anything else yep. we we forget? I think we got it all in there. All right, guys, it's time for Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is the new summary of what's been going on in the hobby. I just want to remind everyone to check out my weekly article on TTMing and autographs and sports collectors daily. We will have an article this week. This this week we'll have an article, but there will not be an article next week as I'm going to be away. So this week we'll have an article and then we'll have an article in two weeks. So in two weeks we should hopefully we'll have a lot of returns, Drew, because fingers crossed. It's always nice to go away on vacation and come back and have like a mailbox full, right? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, anytime that if if I'm away and my wife is home, usually she'll update me as to what's uh, sitting there waiting for me. But if we're both out, all I have is informed delivery. And yeah, I'll just have a gigantic stack in the mailbox. Okay, just remember, guys, no show next Saturday. I'm heading to spring training and there will be no Sports Collectors Daily article uh, next week. This week, there'll be an article, probably usually Tuesday or Wednesday posted, but the following week, there will not be an article. Drew, some uh, auction news to report. Yeah, Heritage Auctions has a uh, the 1916 Babe Ruth rookie card, that Sporting News one that's out there. It's uh, graded an SGC7. 
And they're expecting a big payday on this one. Seven figures likely to draw on there. They've got it. It's up to, it's up to 1.7 million right now. They're expecting it to be around $3 million or so on the final sale price. Uh, auction on that one closes about two weeks from now, February 25th. So you've all got a couple of weeks to, you know, scrape your pennies together there and go and put a bid in on that. Yep. Start collecting those empties, guys. Go to ha.com, uh, ha right? HA auction, Heritage Auctions. And uh, you can check out the, all their auction stuff. Uh, top Series 1, we've been talking this for, I don't know, three or four weeks now, right, Drew? The yeah, uh, yeah. checklist was released. It's coming out Wednesday the 15th. Uh, there's going to be 330 cards in the base set. Some of the rookies that are going to be included is include Gorman, uh, Green, Peraza, Henderson, Harris, and Rushman. I like the uh, uh, Rushman should be a good card, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I like Green from Detroit. I think he's going to be a, a good player. Um, yeah. The Henderson kid from uh, Baltimore there, I also like him quite a bit. He's, uh, I remember right, I got him in person on my trip this past summer. Great signer, nice guy and everything. So very happy to get him and hopefully he'll have a nice career too. Yeah, I'm, I'm again, I'm ho- heading down to spring training uh, next week. So I'm hoping I get some of the Red Sox guys. Uh, I have Marcelo Meyer and I think I've, I've got Blaze Jordan as well, but i like to see maybe get a car, another card of Blaze Jordan and there's a bunch of other guys. And then I think I'm going to head out. We're going to head over to uh, Minnesota because it's only nice. a couple miles away and uh, check out the Minnesota. There's no, there's no games, but we're going to, my wife and I is going to do practices. And then I think on Monday, I believe they have op- an open house. Um, the Red Sox do. So we're going to head over for that. So should be fun. It's just practices and practices usually are easier to get autographs than at the, uh, the games. Don't you think? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you're going to have smaller crowds there. You're going to have players that are, you know, just happy to be back on the field and everything. So definitely, definitely a good plan there. It seems like I'm going to have to uh, also check out that list there and see, okay, who's on that, the TTMs quickly, because I mean, I have my streak of at least one signed card from every top set from 51 to the present. I got to add the newest set now to it too. So yeah, I'm looking uh, yeah. forward to it coming out. That's the top series one is coming out on Wednesday. So we're uh, very excited about that. Drew, we have some more auction news. Yeah. Sotheby's auction has had a uh, Kobe Bryant Jersey up for auction from the 2007, 2008 season, $5.8 million, the final sale price on that one. So Big money of jerseys there. And, you know, I mean, we mentioned the last couple of weeks here that even, you know, newer jerseys like that one, like Kobe's one, we had another one that went for several million a couple of weeks ago. Still a lot of big money in those ones as well. You know, Kobe is one of those weird guys, right? He was, mm-hmm. when he when he, when he first came up, he was going to be the guy, right? And everyone was yeah. like, oh, anyone, Kobe, want Kobe. And then he had that legal, the legal problems. I'm not going to mm-hmm. get into it, whether he was guilty or not guilty. And his, his reputation got, a, got kind of tarnished, right? Yeah. There was everyone kind of shied away from him. kind of like Tatis, right? And like, oh, came up, you know, everyone's kind of like, well, what's Tatis going to do after, uh, you know, be, being done with all of the steroid stuff? And, and then Kobe, uh, unfortunately, passed away. And he, you know, I think that that people romanticize about a guy when when they pass away like that uh, and we lose him so young. Um, I don't know. You know, as, I was never a Kobe guy because he's a Laker. Um but are you a Kobe collector? Do you is he one of those guys, the guys you collect? He's not, but I I mean I do definitely see the greatness there. I mean everybody loves a redemption story, and after all the legal stuff, he came back super strong after that and turned into a great career there on the uh, second half of it there. And it's cool too because I mean he's one of the guys that is known for two numbers because I mean a lot of players you know stick with one number throughout their entire career. You say you know basketball greatest number eight and greatest number twenty four. You could make a case for Bryant on both of those numbers there, 
just like in basketball, you can do the same thing with LeBron with 20. Well, you can't do it with 23, obviously. I mean, Jordan is the guy on 23, but I mean, he's known for both 23 and six there. LeBron is. And yep. so, yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, he's an interesting guy, big name in the collectors collecting world. And yeah, his unfortunate death has, I mean, pushed a lot of the values higher on a lot of things, really brought a lot of attention back onto it there after his uh, retirement. Yeah. I don't know if his values inflated or not. I can't tell. I mean, he was such a, he was a great player. He was a great yeah. scorer and uh, you know, the whole legal thing kind of bothers me a little. And then I don't know why, but his um, war with Shaq that they didn't get mm -hmm. along. That bothers me. I like Shaq. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, it just there's like two things that bother me about Kobe and I'm not a huge Kobe collector, but I, I think I want to get his rookie card. I, I think I mm. want to add that to my collection one of these days. It's You can still get it for what, under under $200? Yeah, I would think so, especially for his uh, Topps rookie card. His, yeah. uh, his upper deck one, you could probably get for under 50 even. I've got one of those sitting there and Unfortunately, I've got a copy of the most recent Beckett, and they don't have the upper deck sets listed at all. Only the tops and uh, tops Chrome, but that Chrome one is going to go for kind of some big money there. But yeah, yeah you got I the like tops one for cheap. Regular tops one, I think that's a, it's a good looking card, and I've I've been kind of watching it. I'm I might uh I might get it maybe at the national. That might be one of my things to, to get at the national. I might get a graded version. Well, uh, the, we, we reported about this on Wednesday show, and we're talking about the Panini era with Babe Ruth. It's been kind of the buzz in the hobby for the past what two weeks, right, right mm -hmm. Drew? Yep. And uh, if you had if you've been under a rock, there was a one on one Babe Ruth card uh, that was an autograph, cut it autograph. Um, it was pulled a National Treasures box, right, a Panini National Treasures box from a collector in New Jersey, uh, and it had George Brett's, Brett's autograph, not Babe Ruth's autograph on it. Um, Panini. Uh, said that there was a sorting error, right, or processing error, and yeah. they made good. They they did it. They the guys sent the card back to Panini. Panini put a new Babe Ruth autograph in it. Uh, it looks great. You know, uh, bravo for Panini for fixing it. it. You know, we're all human. This you know, we it happens. Mistake happens. Mm -hmm. So uh, they, it's not how that the mistake happened. It's how they responded to it. And I think they did a good job. Don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's all you can really do with it. I mean, it's an easy fix to make, fortunately. I mean, all you have to do is, you know, please give us the card back. We'll switch it out and everything. And that's what they should have done and they did do. So good on them for that. But, oh, God, guys, let's 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 not let that happen again. No, that's, I know. Uh, let's put yeah. some – there's got to be something in there, some check or something, because I know that, you know, they're producing millions of cards, and there's all sorts of stuff going on. And everyone, they're all, I'm sure uh, you know – Drew, as a, as a content creator and a writer, to meet deadlines, you, you meet deadlines. And sometimes the deadlines get on you. And I'm sure that's what happened in this one. And they were rushing to get a, a set out. And But when it, when you, when you it's a one-of-one one like that, there's got to be double and triple checks so that doesn't happen, don't you think? Definitely. I mean, yeah, I know like when the cards are being, before they go to print and everything, they pass by multiple sets of eyes you know probably a good dozen people to take a look at all the proofs and make sure that everything is good there and on a high-end card like that you should have kind of the same process i would think for something like a one of one babe ruth or a you know ty cobb or, yeah, ty ty cobb, or michael jordan all those kind of guys have it pass through multiple eyes just to be completely certain on it but yeah hopefully that'll lead to a change in the hobby and how they uh how they qc everything and any company really yeah because tops is no different They're, right they, i've seen i've seen a bunch a couple tops uh supposed autograph cards that went out with no autograph yep 
Yep. So it, you know, it happens and as long as they rectify it, I, I, and I, again, I applaud Panini for responding quick and, and making it right. And, uh, you know, if it happened to me and, and, it, and they made right by it, I'd be fine. I, you know, forgive and forget. It's not, it's not the end of the world. Right. 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 <laughs> well, you know what, Drew, I, I, you and I love the Hall of Fames, right? I, I just love the Hall of Fames. I, I love when they announce the new Hall of Famers. And we have a lot of uh, new additions to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Hall of Fames are always a great source for debate. And honestly, I like the way the Football Hall of Fame does it, where they have to have a certain number every year, no more than that, no less than that. So, uh, yeah, we've got a new crop of uh, Pro Football Hall of Famers. We've got uh, Darrell Rivas, of course, uh, the great uh, cornerback for a number of years, is uh, getting inducted this year. Got some good pass rushers in Demarcus Ware, Zach Thomas, Joe Klecko, Chuck Howley, former Super Bowl MVP, Rondé Barber, great defensive back for the uh, Bucks for several years, Don Coriel, who, of course, coach of the Chargers, originator of the Air Coriel offense, Ken Riley, defensive back for the, uh, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals. Yep. yep. And my guy getting in on his first ballot, the best offensive tackle of the 2010s, Joe Thomas. Yeah, you know what? Even when he was playing, I think it was the second, his third year, they're like, this guy's going to Hall of Fame. Yeah, it was, I mean, yeah. He was so steady. It's too bad he played on some really tough Cleveland Brown teams, but. He's a great pass blocker, and unfortunately he had nobody to block. No, I know. But yeah, I mean, he was probably, yeah, the best pass blocking tackle of the uh, 2010s, I think, and even into the late 2000s there. But yeah, glad to see him get in and get his recognition because, my God, hasn't the guy suffered enough playing there for some bad Browns teams? But, That's a good way to put it, Drew. Hasn't he yeah. suffered enough? Yeah. I mean, 10,000 consecutive snaps. He did not miss a snap from the moment he walked on an NFL field to when he finally tore his tricep there and said, no, nope, not going to deal with the uh, six to nine months of rehab on this. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he was, they listed the injuries that he had played through to keep that streak going. And uh, there's a funny story, too, that in 2014, I think it was, the Browns were actually ahead in a game for once by a lot late, which was really rare for that era. And I think it was Mike Pettin may have been the coach at that time, sends in the backup uh, left tackle, Vincent Painter, comes into the huddle and says, hey, Joe, go take a go take a rest. And Thomas looks at him and says, no. And so <laughs> they sent the left guard then goes out of the huddle and goes to the sidelines. And Pettin's like, what the hell is he doing? Hold on a second. So he gets to the sidelines like, what are you doing? Thomas is supposed to be coming out. He's like. He's not coming out. He hasn't sat out a snap in his career. He said he's not going to start now. And they're like, okay, fine. So next play, they put the guard, the guard back in, pull Painter out. And yeah, just uh, he took that streak seriously. He wanted to be out there for every single play, and he did it. That's funny. Is he Was he a, a TTM or does he sign at all or no? Very rarely. He had a streak for a while where he was TTMing. I tried, and I just missed the window by maybe a week or two. He stopped right around the time I sent, but uh yeah, that's a lot of the guys on that list were not uh, major TTMers at all. I know uh, Joe, uh, Zach Thomas has signed a few here and there. He's, yeah, Joe uh, Klecko is very good. Klecko, no, I have had no luck on him. Oh, I got him twice, actually. Jeez, yeah, I've had, I got that, because uh, I need him for that uh, Topps uh, all-time fan favorites set. And I've tried him with that, mailed out to it, never got anything back at all. I wonder if it maybe it's just that one card he won't sign or something like that. But yeah, I, I, got, I got him luck. twice, really really quick i in fact i sent out one to him i got it back really quick in like a week or two and then about a week later i saw another one of his cards and i i, I apologize because i never do it i sent it out and he sent it he signed it and sent it back as well so i'll see if i can grab a couple other cards of his or something you know like maybe mail two or three and see if they uh see if he signs those other two or something and doesn't sign that one but 
Might yeah, I know. Well, we, Ken Riley's no longer with us, and yep. Don Coriel passed. I think everyone else on the list is still alive. I don't know Chuck Holly. Um, is he is he a signer? I'm not quite sure about him. I think he may sign and may charge. I'm not certain on that. I haven't done a whole lot with Super Bowl MVPs, so I haven't had a reason to write to him at all. But I think he may sign a bid. Okay, I don't think Revis does, and I don't think Demarcus Ware does. But I know Demarcus Ware does shows. Yeah. So, all right, but thank you. Hey, guys, quiz time. TTM Quest Cast Quiz Time. This one, I saw this list, and I said, "Oh, I got to give this to Drew as a quiz and see how many." Don't no cheating over there, Pelto. Yep, yep. <laughs> all right guys here's here it is ready 20 players have had at least one card sell for over a million dollars or more 20 players this is an all, across all sports have had at least one card sell for over a million dollars all right guys hit pause if you want to make your list all right but i'm going to ask drew drew why don't we do the, the top 10 first so the, the top 10 are pretty easy Okay, top 10. I'll see if I can do this. So Mickey Mantle obviously is number right. one. Yeah, he's one. Yep. Um, the Hodus Wagner has to be on there as well. Yeah, that's he's two. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Oh, it is, I, I would think Michael Jordan's got to be up there as well. Michael Jordan is 10. Oh, wow. It's barely that. 2.7 million, Michael Jordan. 2.7 million. All right. Um, let's see here. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth is six. Okay. 4.212 million. All right. Um, I think, uh, how about, is there a Tom Brady that's Tom Brady? Okay. Tom Brady. He's number eight, 3.8 million. I don't know which cards. These these are all, I'm sure these are PSA 10s uh, through auctions. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. All right. Um, You're doing good. Yeah, I think there's got to be a fairly high grade Ty Cobb that would be up there. Ty Cobb is not on the list. Wow. That's that's a little shocking then. So my other thought of Willie Mays is not going to be on that list. No, he is not on the list. Yeah, wow. Um, Okay, let's go with, uh, I mean, there's got to be a LeBron one up there for sure. LeBron James is number three, 5.2 million. So I've gotten six so far out of these guys. Um, And I'll tell you, they're all, all of the ones in the top 10 are, you know, pretty recent guys or guys that you would know very well. They're, They're all like, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, I know there's been a fairly high sale in the last few years of a Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic, he's number four, 4.6 million. And Pat Mahomes has got to have something. Yeah, he's 4.3 million. Very good. He's number five. So you've got the top six already. Okay. So I've gotten eight out of the top 10 here. Um, Talking recent, how about Shohei Otani? Is there something of his up there? Not. Let me just make sure, but I don't think he made the list. No, he hasn't. He hasn't had a million dollar card. Okay. Um. All right. There's a lot of hype on Zion Williamson for a while. Is he up there? Uh, right? I don't think he made it. Okay. No, he is not on the list. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is on the list. He's 14, 1.7 okay. million. So outside the top 10, but still on the list there. Um. All right. So you any- haven't gotten number number seven. Is I'll give you a hint. He's baseball. Current hmm. player. Current player. Okay. Well, it takes out that one. Jeez. Is it Aaron Judge of some sort? Nope. Nope. Okay. I'm just trying to think like, okay, who else am I missing out of base? I know I'm going to like go, oh, duh, as soon as you yeah. say it. But You're gonna. Yeah. Um, and I know like every listener is probably sitting there screaming yeah. the name it, at me it, right it, now. It's Mike Trout. Mike Trout, Trout. of course. Yeah. 3.84 million. All right. Number nine. His, this is an easy one. Your favorite sport. 
Am I missing a Sidney Crosby on there or an Ovechkin? No. No? Wow. Ooh. It's an act, is it an active player as well? No. Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. He's number nine. Okay. All right. So number 11, we t- just talked about him, Kobe. Yep. Number 12, basketball, current player. Yeah, the one sport that a I know little, the least. I've a little least. surprising at this one, actually. Yeah, I'm trying to think like, okay, well, who might be there that I'm completely blanking and forgetting? It's Giannis, 1.812 million. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, uh, 13 is, uh, he kind of goes with Gerald Burrow, another football player. All right. I guess it's got to be a quarterback of yeah. some sort. Uh, let's see here. Oh, um, is it Josh Allen? No, it's Justin Herbert, 1.85 million. All right, so we're at four, we're at 14 right now. I'll run them down quickly. All right, so we got we already got these is um Mickey Mantle, Horace mm-hmm. Wagner, LeBron James, Luca, Pat Mahomes, Ruth, Trout, Brady, Gretzky, Jordan, Bryant, Giannis, Herbert, Burroughs. Those are the top 14. Okay, 15 uh is soccer. Okay, that's gotta be uh, um messy. No, it's not, it's Pele. Pele, okay. Pele, yeah. 16 is baseball. Um, kind of, it, it, it's, uh, I, I don't, he played, he played, only played on one team, outfielder. Fielder for only one team. Ted Williams? No, I thought so too, but it was Roberto oh. Clemente. Okay. Yeah, Clemente, 1.10 million. He was 16. 17 is Steph Curry. Okay. 18 is uh, the Iron Horse, Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig. He was another one I was thinking of there. So. 19. This one surprised me. Anthony Davis. Wow. One, 1.02 million. And last for a million dollars, mm-hmm. Mr. October. Reggie Jackson, really? 69 Reggie Jackson. It, it was a PSA 10. Uh, I remember it. it he went, went for a million dollars. That's it, guys. 20, the top 20. Some surprises that there's no Willie Mays and no mm-hmm. Ted Williams and maybe even like a Sandy Koufax. X or Mutual or any of those guys, even Ty Cobb. So those are the 20 guys that have one of their cards has sold over a million dollars. You know what? I'm going to, I saw this list on Twitter yesterday and I, I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'll thank the guy later. I apologize Mm -hmm. because it wasn't my list. It was somebody else's list. Um, And I pulled it off of Twitter and I thought it would be a kind of a a cool little uh, quiz. Drew, I think you did pretty well. Yeah, I got about half of them there. I just got to say, though, I mean, in what universe do you pay more for Reggie Jackson than a Ty Cobb? I just, I, I, uh, no, this, I, I well, this is mind blowing to me. I know. Well, I mean, if you look at some of these guys like, you know, Anthony Davis and Giannis and Burrow and Herbert, I mean, those guys are good, but yeah. they're not Hall of Famers yet. But, you know, I'm sure it's a one of one uh, RPA or, you know, right, there's, right. There's, all, there's all sorts of reasons why these things go. But pretty cool hey um this if we talked about this i think two weeks ago or last week the hand hand to god ball which was that uh maradona ball that from the 1986 or 86 world cup i think i think so right yes. it was on uh auction with golden auction and it was uh the bidding hit two million dollars but it did not hit the reserve so it didn't sell wow so he must the guy must, they must have had it at a three million dollar reserve because it was it i thought Two million dollars for that ball, I would have, I would have taken it in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, holding on to it for that long, and I mean, some collector, some museum out there is going to love having that, and I would have taken it for sure. I would have too. Hey, we have some show news to let you guys know about. 
Yeah, out at the uh, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, got the East Coast Collectors Convention coming up on uh, February 25th through 26th, two weeks from now. So if you're up in New England, get out to that one. EC3Con.com is the uh, website address for that. EC3Con.com. Uh, Patriots Marcus Jones is going to be an autograph signer out there. $59 price tag on his SIG. Yeah, that's a flats. I think his premium was like 79 yeah. Uh, he's only going to be there on Sunday. So if you're in the New England area and you want to go out to the Mohegan Sun, uh, check that out. The 757 shows, Virginia Beach show is going to be the same weekend, February 25th. They have Dwight Gooden, Sam Allen, Howard Johnson, Oil Cam Boyd, and a bunch of other guys that are going to be signing. Go to 757shows.com. It's Virgi- Virginia Beach show, February 25th. I know they take mail orders. So if you're not in the Virginia Beach area and you're looking for one of these guys to get autographed, the autograph prices are pretty reasonable. I think Dwight Gooden was like 20 bucks, which isn't bad for him. Yeah. So check it out. Go to 757shows.com for all the information on that show. East Coast keeping busy on these shows. You got the Philly show coming up on March 10th. It's uh, 10th through the 12th. You scroll down a bit there. I'm... And uh... You're right. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Uh, yeah, March 10th through the 12th. You got a uh, Mike Schmidt, Johnny Bench, Ken Griffey Sr. All going to be there. So if you're out east, then you got a whole lot of stuff coming up here over the next couple of weeks there in the way of card shows there with uh, up in Mohegan Sun, Virginia Beach, Philly. Go and check those out if you're in any of those areas. Yeah. Hey, guys, if you're in the Texas area, Dallas, Texas, March 9th to the 12th, big show. There's going to be 700 tables. Go to DallasCardShow.com. Uh, there's going to Bump Wills and Ed Tutel Jones, Rocket Ishmael, Spud Webb, Bob Lilly, all sorts of guys signing. Uh, always a great show. The first show, Dallas show of the year, I think, Drew, right? I think so. They may have had one in January, but yeah, it's it's definitely it's a big, of, it's a big show, 700 things. tables. So make sure you check that out. You go to DallasCardShow.com for more information. Well, we have a lot of new releases. One, one uh, I just want to let everyone know, Upper Deck Series 2 that was due out this week has been delayed until late March or early April. Upper Deck has just had problems for getting their stuff out, right? Yeah, yeah. So that is, uh, we'll let you know when that's coming up, but Upper Deck Series 2 has been delayed to from late March and early April. I uh, got one coming out later this week for the College Football Collector. The 2022 Bowman Chrome University football set is coming out. It's... Uh, Going to have 24 packs, four cards per pack in each box there. Two autographs. It's a base set of 100 cards, so you should be able to get to most of that set, I would think, there off of that. Yeah, I would think so, too. You're getting, you know, 80, 96 uh, cards out of there. $135 price tag on those boxes. Donner's football is coming out. 400 cards in the base set. You get one auto, one memorabilia, 18 rated rookies. There'll be 18 packs of 10 cards per pack. Uh Going for about $270 for a hobby box. That's 2022 Donruss football coming out on the 15th. Got another uh, Panini football set that is out now, and that is Zenith football has uh, hit the shelves. You get six cards in a box, and of those, you're going to see one rookie patch auto, one additional auto, one base card, uh, two inserts. So a lot of really good stuff in there. $250 is the price tag on that one. They're nice looking cards. Have you seen them? I have not yet. I didn't do any uh, didn't do any work on that product at all. Yeah, that they're they're really nice looking cards. So check those out. Well, guys, that wraps up Baker's dozen. We had a lot to report this week, and and uh, again, we will not have a show next week. So we'll we'll have an extra long Baker's dozen in two weeks, I think. Don't you think, Drew? Probably. <laughs> yep. We're gonna have, gonna have to go way back in there. All right, guys. Next up is Clemente's world. If it's soccer, hockey, or collectibles, it's in Clemente's world. 
It's time for Clemente's World with Clemente Lisi. CSG has new lower prices for 2023. That's right. CSG has new lower prices on its most popular tiers, while continuing to offer top-of-the-line service and the best slabs in the industry. With CSG's expertise, slabs, and pricing collectors will love, now is the time to submit your sports cards. See the CSG difference and submit your cards today. Go to csgcards.com to submit your cards for quick turnaround times and the best prices in the hobby. Save $10 off a yearly membership to CSG with code TTMCAST. Get your favorite cards into the industry's best holder for even less. Save $10 off your membership with code TTMCAST at csgcards.com. Clemente's World is with Clemente Lise. Clemente Lise is a huge uh, collector of hockey cards and soccer stuff and uh, baseball. We talked the release of the Top Series 1. We talk about all sorts of stuff. Clemente had so much stuff to talk about. We just kept on going. So please enjoy my interview with Clemente Lise in Clemente's World. All right, guys, we're entering Clemente's World. With Clemente Lisi, of course, Clemente is uh, a regular correspondent here talking soccer and hockey and TTMing and uh, everything else. So we're going to talk to Clemente about stuff we love in terms of uh, hockey. We never get to talk hockey, Clemente. So welcome, my friend. Thank you. Happy February. You too. That's why we, ha- that's why we, have, you, we have you on so we can talk hockey. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. And we're, we're right in the middle of the season now, so. I know. Well, you know, let's let's talk about I don't know if it's a fiasco or I just don't understand it anymore. The and I'm talking about this weekend we had the NHL All-Star game. It was in Florida, which is a weird place to have an All-Star game. Um, and I just I don't know. It was just a disjointed show, right? It was kind of forced and there was a lot of I don't know. It just was weird. Yeah, I agree. And I, I know that even the NFL, they're tweaking this all-star format. The The old format doesn't work anymore, even though I like the old all-star game formats. From the, from I know, the... Clemente, don't you miss the East versus the West and the orange uniforms for in the white uniforms and the guys play and you, and you have a game and it's, you know, I don't care if it's 12 till 10 and I don't know. I just like that. Yeah, and I also liked the, in the 90s when they were doing the whole like NHL versus the world and the whole Olympics thing. And, you know, there's maybe and maybe we're being romantic about the past when I think their ratings were low, but I can't imagine this new format has energized much of a new fan base. I The three on three is interesting and this whole, you know, team format thing is interesting, but I know that the NHL voting is ripe with all kinds of issues and problems and fans have a problem with that. And then the the skills competition, which I think is always very fun. It, it was very weird and very, I don't know. I thought childish in the sense that maybe I'm not the audience for it, but I'm also wondering who's watching this and the South Florida location. I mean, I get they announced next year is going to be in Toronto, which makes a lot more sense. A lot more sense. But I also understand that players and the league officials want to spend like a couple of days in a warm. I mean, look, I was watching this it was five degrees in New York and I'm watching South Florida and I'm super jealous, like these guys are on the beach. And maybe that's what they're doing. They're trying to get people. Look, for years, the Pro Bowl in the NFL wasn't held in Hawaii because it was basically meant as a vacation for the players and the officials after the season was over. It's weird. You know, I can almost imagine doing away with the whole thing and it wouldn't matter much, but they could try going back to the old system just for one year to see if people are into it. I think people like us would be into it. 
But I found yeah, it you know, very, the, very the, weird. The, the nice part of it when we were kids, right, is that you never got to see a lot of these guys, right? So, you know, especially we, we're both East Coast guys, so we never got to see, uh, you know, Marcel Dion and, and, and even Bobby Hull and some of these other guys. We never yeah. got to see them because we, you know, we saw them once or twice a year. Wow. And, and uh, you know, the, the game was on TV all the time. And, you know, NBC had it had the, the hockey games uh, uh, in the early 70s. But it was just... It was cool to see these guys. Now, you know, you, you can turn on an NHL game any night of the week and the, there's, you know, there's the three or four games on. So maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, the romanticism is gone because you're right. On any given night, I can put on ESPN Plus and there's like every game or NHL network. I mean, this all the streaming now. And maybe you're right. And maybe technology has kind of ruined, you know, radio killed the, you know, video killed the radio star kind of thing. Maybe this is what this is. And Look, I understand them tweaking it, and I forecast that the NHL and even the NFL will keep tweaking these formats, but I don't know what the ratings are, but I, I'm going to assume they were pretty low. Yeah, and, and you know, I guess they picking a weekend to have this game, you know, maybe, you know, they didn't want to compete against the NFL's uh, playoffs, the division series, so then they oh. picked this week, but then it was happening the same week as the NFL play Pro Bowl, so then they're competing against the Pro Bowl, and as a fan, I was like, oh, I want to watch the Pro Bowl. I want to watch the All-Star. So I was watching bits and pieces of this thing as opposed to watching the whole game or the whole event, you know? You no, know, it's funny you say that. My kids really are into the whole NFL skills thing. And it's fun. The Pro Bowl is fun. And then this year had the ad format of having the flag football. Yeah. For cousins. And it looked like because the players couldn't get hurt, they were really into it. And that was fun. And I think flag football has a future in this country because of concussions and everything else. So the NFL is smart to embrace it. The NHL also needs like a Peyton and Eli Manning type duo. And they don't have that. You know, the National Hockey League doesn't have these two iconic kind of former players who have become mainstream cultural. It was kind of fun to see these, you know, kind of big brother, little brother. And if you watch the Manning cast all season, yeah. they're, they're in every commercial. I mean, I was watching, I think during, it was during the playoffs. I was watching one of the playoff games with my wife and my kids. And everybody was like, are the Mannings in everything? I'm like, yes, they're in every, <laughs> they're in every commercial, every TV show, in the studio. They have their own uh, show. They have probably they have their own network soon. The show's good, though, Clemente. It's oh, no, the show is good. Yeah, no, the show's good. They've caught lightning in a bottle, and the NFL will, will ride the wave as long as the fans will watch it. But it was fun to keep make them captains. And the skills thing was kind of over a two-day period. It was done during the week part of it and then the second part spilled into the pro bowl festivities which was three hours on a sunday afternoon which if you live on the east coast and it's 25 degrees 30 degrees out you're like hey i'm gonna watch this it's fun the players are palling around and uh you know and it was held in vegas which you know is a warm climate but also there's a franchise there so it makes more sense yeah yeah i think the nhl has a lot to learn from the nfl obviously but yeah i'm not sure what was up with the the surfboards and the dunk tank and i, I just I, I don't know it wasn't hockey to me you know yeah it was it was they're trying to make the skills thing work for the beach you know I, I mean i mean i thought the worst part was the guys playing golf with hockey sticks i mean yeah it was, it was weird and then I, I saw they tried to do it with pucks, but they couldn't do it with pucks because the pucks weren't sitting on the greens. And <laughs> when they got to the putting green, they used balls that it was very odd. Yeah, it's, the whole thing was odd. But, you know, I, I, I'm an old fogey when I when, when I talk like this because I really do. 
I miss that, you know, the, the East versus West. And, you know, you knew, you knew what team you were rooting for. And I, I would even, I would even take like NHL versus the Russian players or something. I just to, just to mix it up, even like in an Olympic year, I know they don't go to the Olympics anymore. Maybe they will in the future, but yeah, I, I, we do sound like get off my lawn people, but yeah. And no, it's weird. It's the NHL has this, these divisions, right. But they don't really mean anything. Right. Right. Because they have the divisions, but then when they do the seating in the playoffs, it doesn't really matter. I don't Right. It's, it's, it's by conference. Right. 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 So right. I don't know. Oh, it's weird. All right. Well, let's, let's stop being old fogies on it. <laughs> hey, having, you know, said, having, having said that, you know, upper deck doesn't even make like all-star game cards anymore. I mean, they don't make those. Like I remember in the eighties and nineties and even prior to that, you had sets that had, them in their all-star uniforms i feel like right. the all-star game doesn't mean anything anymore i mean players probably think oh do i have to go to this thing i'd rather have a couple of days off but who Even knows pro set remember pro set used to have the all-star yeah. cards they were it was they were good they're fun they're fun yeah. yeah well you know what we lost a a legend this, this past week we lost bobby hall he played he was uh 84 years old he played for the blackhawks he played for the whA with the winnipeg jets and the uh New England Whalers or the Hartford Whalers. And I forgot he played with the Whalers. Did you, did you remember him playing with the Whalers? Yeah, because I think in that 79, 80 tops, Opeachy, I think he's in a Whalers. Is he? I don't have that one. I See, I I, think, I, I don't know why I missed the Opeachy boat. You know what I mean? I it, it, Here in well, Boston. They were, well, they were hard to find. Even though, even though you live in Boston, I'm in New York, you could they, they trickled over a little bit over the border. You see them at shows, but you're right getting a whole set of those would have been really hard unless you went to Canada back then. Yeah. So I was really, I did, I was a tops guy and obviously I collected tops cards back in the day. Uh, so I, you know, if a guy has to show up in a, in a uniform, you forget that he, that he played in the car, you know, if his card isn't in, in that uniform, you forget he played for that team. Uh, but Bobby Hall was a great uh, TTM. He was a great autograph guy. He was a great ambassador. Did, did you have any uh, Bobby Hall memorabilia? And did you have any yeah. Bobby Hall TTM stuff? I think I got one upper deck car that came out years later signed. I didn't get anything vintage signed by him. Um, but I want to say in the last three years, I think every show I've been to in the New York area, he was there. Yeah. <laughs> and the last time I saw him, I think was about a year ago at Hofstra in Long Island. He was there at the show and, you know, always a really friendly guy. You know, what was interesting about him? A couple of things. One was there were a lot of women who were maybe like 50 plus who would go get his autograph, which makes me think he must've been a big heartthrob like when they were younger. Um, so a lot of women swooned over. I mean, a lot of women got, got his autograph more than I think any athlete I've seen at shows. And then the one thing I liked about him is even a few times I interacted with him, you know, he, if he said, yeah, let's call him like Mr. Hull or people you say Mr. Hull, he's like, no, 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 call me Bobby, which was, I thought always kind of disarming. Um, and he, you know what he, he did? He had a lot of great stories. I mean, I've seen interviews with him. You know, Sal over at Punk Chuck interviewed him during one of the um, sport card expos that were virtual during the pandemic. Yep. He interviewed him for about half an hour. And that was like one of the highlights of that virtual show because he just had story after story. He had a really good memory still. Um, I mean, some might argue he oversigned. He signed a lot. Um, but it's not about value, I think, in that sense. It's about do I have a piece of his memorabilia? Do I have a, a story to tell? I interacted with him. He signed one of my cards. So in that way, I think, you know, people have a lot of good memories of him, especially people like me who didn't really see him play. So. Yeah, see, I remember him playing because I'm a little older than you. So I remember him playing at the end of his career in the in the early 70s. And when he jumped 
to the WHA. That was that was huge news. And you know, we had a team. We had the Whalers, and they were first they were in Boston, then they were in New England, but they played in Boston before moving to Hartford. So he he would come into the building, you know, once or twice a year, and that always was a big ticket. So I saw him play a couple times when he was a WHA guy. Yeah, you know, whenever a guy, whenever a hockey player dies who in, during their career never wore a helmet, that's always a sign that we're exiting an era here. And a lot of these guys are, are passing away now. And we're seeing that happening more and more. I mean, I grew up more in the 80s where in the 90s where Brett Hull was really the the star. And I think Brett Hull is actually pretty undervalued now. His son is. Um, I agree. But doesn't sign as nearly as much as his dad. Maybe Maybe he will. I, and I think, you know, if you, you're able to get both of their signatures on something, that, that's probably worth something more because I don't think they chose together. I don't remember seeing that. Yeah, I got him at TTM um, maybe five years ago now, and I don't know if he still signs. I think, yeah, I think Brett Hall did what, what Mario Lemieux did, which was they, they'd sign cards in the mail or posters in the mail with a certain type of ink. And then when that ink showed up on eBay, I think they were like, okay, I'm going to stop now because I'm signing for free. And why should I do that? And, you know, so so I think a lot of these guys realize that a lot of fans, not like you and I, who get the card and then keep it, they were they were they were reselling the stuff on 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 eBay and other platforms. And I think they, they realized, look, if, I, if I'm going to get paid, I'll do a show. Otherwise, I won't. And it's interesting because Mario Lemieux doesn't sign. I don't I don't see him anywhere. And I'd love yeah, not, a, not at all. I, I know Brett Hall, you can get his rookie card for a pretty good, pretty good number. Yeah, his rookie card is that year where Topps and Opeachy had the thumbtack, you know, yep. 88. Um, and that's the year that Gretzky's holding up the jersey, the, the the King's jersey. That's a great set if you get your hands on it. I think you can get the complete set, maybe even the Topps version for about 50 bucks. And the Hulk card when I was growing up was like the biggest, one of the biggest things you can own. It was that and the Lindros rookie. And, and right. you know, that, that and dollars will get you on the subway in new york um but i mean that sense you know they're not really worth much but if these are the people you like enjoyed and you want to grab their rookie cards go for it right yeah i think i picked him up on a, 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 a you know it's like in a, one of those dollar boxes i think i i actually picked up a rookie card at a show a while not probably a year ago right. i was just sitting in, sitting in a dollar box i'm like i'm gonna pick that up yeah, there's just so much production of those cards that I think even if you get it in a 10 and graded, it might be worth something. But I think dealers don't want to dealers know that if they put it in the showcase for 10, 20, 30 dollars, no one will buy it. It's just no, I know. Not worth well, that. How, how's the book doing? We're talking, of course, about the your World Cup, his, the history of the World Cup book. How's that been doing? It's been doing well. I mean, sales are obviously going to get soft. It's after the holidays and it's the World Cup is over. But I think there's a lot of residue because a lot of people might have watched the World Cup for the first time and said, hey, you know, let me, what's this World Cup about? Like, what's the history of it? Let me go back. So, I, I you know, so sales were pretty good through Christmas and into part of January. So I'm happy with that. Um, like I said, I sold 500 copies of the books alone in the week of the final that week. Sure. I mean, so I think the bulk of my sales come from that culmination where, you know, you had that five-day period between the semifinals and the final where people were like really into it. Um, and then some people I know got it for Christmas. So the World Cup was over by then. Um, but yeah, it did well. So thank you for that. And then my 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 website is doing well. Subscribers are, are still showing up at Planet Soccer, where that gives me a platform to, to write about the game, talk about the game, even post-World Cup. There's a lot of soccer going on. I think a lot of people are interested. And something we never talked about is this summer is the Women's World Cup. Okay. Which will happen in Australia and New Zealand. The United States is a two-time defending champion. There's an interest in this country in women's soccer because the American women do very well. Um which, you know, 
which we can talk about some of the pickups, you know, some of my soccer pickups for January really are geared towards that tournament. And there's a player that that is on the U.S. team who's very young, and, and this name might, might be familiar to some people, but her name is Trinity Rodman. Yes, she is Dennis Rodman's daughter. Wow. She plays on the U.S. national team, plays for the Washington Spirit in the NWSL, the Women's Soccer League. Uh, her rookie card is from like a, a year or two ago, but she's a budding star. And the fact that she has a very famous last name, I think, will get people interested in her aside from the fact that she's very talented. Um, and I think she's estranged from her father. I think her parents uh, are divorced. And I don't think Dennis Rodman's too involved in, in her daughter's life, but an interesting backstory, an interesting player and her cards are fairly cheap for now. I think when the Women's World Cup rolls around, there's gonna be that interest again, and not just her, but, and people might remember Mia Hamm and Julie Foudy, the players but from 20 years ago, yep. because that you know the, the the world cup whether it's a men's or women's tournament kind of raises all boats and everyone gets excited about about players of the past and the present so that so six months from now we're going to be talking women's world cup which will be a big deal i think do you think Panini's going to be coming out with any special cards for women's world cup it's interesting the the Panini's put out special sets after the women have won which are always fun to buy and they're not worth much it's like those championship sets that are not worth more than 20 right if, I'd be interested to see if Panini does like a women's World Cup prism. That would be awesome. Like give the women the same treatment you gave the men. And I think you'd sell a lot of a lot of them in this country because a lot of people would want to get the U.S. Uh, uh, players. Um, and there's players from around the world that are that are famous and popular as well. So, yeah, Panini might do that. They've made no announcements. You know, in, in Panini world, six months is like early. They don't talk about stuff. Sure. So, I mean, I'll give you an example. We could talk hockey cards and Upper Deck Series 2 is coming out next week no no i you know what i saw it got delayed oh it got delayed okay because i checked recently there was no checklist even for it my my big angst about that was it was going to come out the same day as top series one baseball and i thought that's a bad day i mean maybe there aren't too many fans like us who are interested in both but do you really want to come out it, it, it reminds me of the national hockey league they just there's the timing is all off and and you telling me now that's delayed which is great because I, I would buy top series one baseball because you have to buy that Oh, it's most definitely. And, and, that's like a national holiday, Clemente. Yeah, totally. And for me, and maybe even for you, buying that box, even though it's like 30 degrees here or 20 degrees or five degrees, whatever, it, it makes me think that spring is coming. You know, it's it's baseball's on the on the horizon. And you know, this year, I think for the first time with Tops baseball, what you can do is I think you could actually send those to spring training because this will be the first year post-pandemic where there's a real spring training, aside from COVID. A season was delayed then you had the work stoppage a strike I think this year you might actually be able to send cards as you know if you send them during that tight window you might get them signed or you might never see them again yeah you know what I've had I've, I was doing spring training a couple you know a couple of years ago I did I had real success at spring training and then the next year was a little less and then the next year was even less so I even I I stopped because of, you know when COVID came and I don't think I'm going to do any uh TTM spring training it just doesn't make much sense because as you said you send them and, and I think nine out of ten you're not going to get back yeah you know people have told me the best thing to do is to actually physically go there which is awesome but even, going there is so much fun but even that I've heard has become harder because there's so many people now trying to do that that you know and a lot of players are leery to sign because they realize people are going to sell them on the secondary market so I've seen video footage of like players driving out of the spring training grounds and, and not even stopping, you know, they're, they're not on foot anymore. They're, they're in cars they're driving out of the parking lot. Uh, the fans are held back a little bit. So 
I'd love to do Clemente. The thing to do Clemente is to go to the practices, not, not go to the games, go to the practices. I went last year and I don't, I don't know if it was because of the strike. Remember they, 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 there was a strike. So spring training started late. I happened to be there right when spring training started. And I went to the Red Sox and the twins because it's in the same city. And I had great luck at both of them. Both of them were signing like crazy. That's great. Yeah, and maybe that's the key is you don't go to the games, which a lot of people go because they think that's, you know, post-game or, or before the game. And that's when the players are in the zone, they're not interested in signing maybe. And then, yeah, I totally. And I think if you have kids around, then you get them to sign. It's a lot easier to have kids signing than guys like us. So It's fun. One of the fun things to do is to go to spring training. If you've never been to spring training, guys, go to spring training. It is, it's, a, it's a fun take. Yeah, never been to spring training, and it's always on my bucket list. But, you know, February, March, you know, there's it, a hard times to just take off and go out of Florida. But someday I think I'll do it. Well, you know, how are you doing on your, your uh, World Cup stickers, to filling your album and your World Cup cards, your, your Prism cards? Yeah, so Prism is a little slow because I picked up a few cards here and there. It shows are on eBay, but it's a, you know, it's a 200-plus set. So it, it, it could take as many as, like, the... It might, I might get closer to the next World Cup before I finish that. <laughs> did you so go to the any? Did you go to the Tarrytown show or did you? Go I to did any? go to the Tarrytown show and I picked up a few singles there, um, but there weren't too many. I was a little surprised there weren't many of those, and I didn't see any stickers there. Funny, my my local Walgreens had like a ton of stickers that I think after Christmas they just didn't know what to do with, so they had them out. And I pretty much bought them out. I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably, <laughs> they're like, thank you, thank you. Yeah, they're like, thank you to get, get this off our hands. And I think I'm about 50 short now. And That's awesome. Which you can just buy through Panini's website, which I just haven't done yet. But you can go to Panini's website, order 50 stickers at a time that you need. And that could be pretty much completed that way. Or you can go on eBay and get them for like a dollar sticker, which is pricey. But there's a way to finish it. Uh, they were doing, Panini was doing um, trade days where people could meet up in certain cities yeah. and i didn't go to any of those um but i heard that a lot of people got stickers that way and i and i had a bunch of extras that i ended up giving to my daughter who gave to her friends on a soccer team who her soccer team who were collecting stickers i was like look i don't need these you know and if they have any i need or we need you know uh, send them over so i did a little trading but i'm about 50 short you know it's funny when the world cup is over and becomes kind of back back your mind you're not as excited about the stickers yeah. But I want to get there because I, it would be the first time I ever complete one. I've always gotten close or 200 short and go, forget it. I'm not going to finish this. But I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad that I'm, cl- I'm getting closer. And probably maybe maybe by next month I'll I'll, I'll be done with it. I'll let you know. Well, guys, you know what? Send me uh, uh, an email. Send it to ttmcast at yahoo.com if you're if you've got any World Cup stickers and you want to trade with Clemente. I'll hook you up with Clemente. You guys can can make trades because he's he's down to 50. Let's help him finish his World Cup let me sticker. Yeah, let, me, let me finish it. I mean, <laughs> because uh, it, it'll be like an achievement unto itself. So. Did you pull any autographs from your World Cup Prism cards? I only bought one box, and I did pull an autograph of someone who's sort of minor, and I just put it on the, on the side. So I didn't, I didn't get a lot of luck. You know, you have to be super lucky to pull something amazing, like a like a Messi or a Ronaldo or something like that. And I, I didn't pull anything like that. But, you know, you buy the box, and, you know, it gets you started along your journey of collecting the base set, which I want to do. And I'm hoping at the National, which, by the way, I booked my tickets last week so i'm going nice did you get did you get your um your show tickets because the vip the super vips have been sold sold out yeah so i got that and um i was a little late on the hotel i made a rookie mistake i should have just booked the hotel i wasn't sure if i was gonna go because of a family vacation you know everyone's trying to figure out when we're gonna be away 
I should just book the hotel and then I could have canceled it. So I ended up getting a hotel that was basically a, like a 15 minute walk from the show. Okay, good. Fine. I mean, it's it's not like in the hotel, like right there, but you know, 15 minutes. I remember going um, to Chicago in the past, not to the national, but just in the past. And the weather's so good. I'm not really worried about walking 15 minutes. I'm a New Yorker. I can walk. I can walk two miles if I had to. <laughs> so yeah, I'm looking, forward, I'm looking forward to Chicago. Should be a, a fun show. Yeah. Hey, we've got Val Valentine's Day is coming up. And of course, we talk love. And, and we're talking love of hockey cards. And yeah. Clemente has written a great article on Puck Junk. You can go to puckjunk.com to check out his article. And he wrote about his his the cards he loves why don't you run down the hockey cards you love my friend yeah the hockey cards i love so you know someone might say to you well you know like children i love them all the same and that could be true but when you have thousands of cards it's, it's not really true i don't love them all the same that's um, right i agree and i had to pull some out and i you know i really love the 7980 tops i have the tops version of the opg Wayne Gretzky rookie. I didn't list that. So I thought, well, that's everyone's going to say they love that card. And, and, you know, that's a grail card. Everyone loves that card because it's so hard to get. But uh, I, I listed the Gila Fleur rookie. I got that card when I was in high school. And it's funny, not thinking back, like I got the card at a card at a card store, my local LCS, who has since closed and moved somewhere else. Um, and like for for the 14 year old me, this card felt like a, a relic from like, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. You know. It's like the Horace Wagner card, right? Yeah, to me, it was like a million years old. And it was really not, you know, it was only like 20 years older, um, you know, and it was Guy Lafleur's rookie and Guy Lafleur at that time had come back and was playing with the Rangers for that one season. And I just thought it was so cool that he had no helmet. and He was flying down the ice. And like Bobby Hull, like a lot of women were into Guy Lafleur, you know, and during the pandemic, I actually got him TTM, which I'm really happy about because he passed away last year. Um, and he was, for, by all accounts, a great guy. And that card, I love. I love that card. I also love the Ken Dryden from that year, which is his rookie, which is a like, rookie card, yeah. But I got that card much more recently. So I thought, well, Guy Lafleur is, I still have the original card that I got. And it's funny because up until a couple of years ago, it was still in a screw down. I still had in the screw that way. Take him out of the screw down. Oh, I took, oh, yeah, I took it out. I put him in the one touch because I remember thinking, oh, it's probably safe here. And then I remember someone saying, you know, if you keep him in the screw down, it might actually get stuck to the plastic. And I thought I freaked out. I remember and I ran downstairs to, into my collection and took it out of the screw, you know, screw down, um, which was. Yeah, we didn't we didn't know. But take any, any card, guys, any card you have in a screw down, take it out. If you haven't taken out a screw down. Take it out today. <laughs> right, right. No, absolutely. And that's a public service announcement we're, we're doing here. Um, the other card I love is Mark Messier's rookie. Again, he was uh, uh, an iconic New York Rangers player, but he was uh, famous for being with the Oilers. I hate that. I hate that set. I yeah, hate oh, it. Well, that's, that, that sets a problem because the scratch-off pucks. I know. I hate it. I know. I know. But I think Mark Messier, like Brett Hall, doesn't get a lot of love, which is interesting because if you think about it, Mark Messier is a very decorated player. He won Stanley Cups. I mean, he was overshadowed by Wayne Gretzky, I guess. Yes, there you go. The Ray Bork, uh, not scratched. That's not awesome. Not scratched. Yeah, I have a lot of cards from that set not scratched. And I mean, I wasn't that hard to find, but I've seen a lot of non-scratched. Of course, a lot of kids scratched them because why would, why would you think not to scratch it back then, right? So a lot of them are scratched, and that's sort of the deal with that. But, you know, Mark Messier doesn't get a lot of love. In terms of his rookie card, and I, I think Mark Messi is great. And then the other one I think we mentioned earlier was the Lindros rookie, the future star scorecard. It when is we, when we were when I was when you were we were younger, right? That Lindros card, everyone wanted that card. Yeah, I had in high school. I think I was a sophomore in high school. I had six copies of that card. 
that car was going to pay for my kid's college. Well, that's what everyone thought. Yeah, that's what everybody thought. And everyone did the same thing. And it was the first time in my life that I ever bought a box set because if you bought the score box, you'd also get these other five Lindros cards of him in other poses. And people might not recall, but Lindros had the exclusive with score. Um, of course, the controversy ensued because he didn't want to play for the Nordiques. There was this huge fight between the Flyers and the Rangers. He ended up on the Flyers. I, I, I thought... I was thankful he didn't become a Ranger because I think the Rangers never would have won the Stanley Cup in 94 if they had given up half their team for Lindros. Lindros is a Hall of Famer, but barely. Um, a good player, unfortunately, concussions later in his career. Yeah, concussions really derailed yeah. him. He was, a, he was a really big guy. And I remember Upper Deck got around featuring him on a, on a checklist in a Canada jersey, a Canada uniform. Uh, it was the World Junior Championships. And they, and they were able to put a Lindros card out sort of on the side because – he had the official, you know, deal with score. And so that was, that was interesting. That dovetails into a good story I have about a TTM that took 400 days. Uh, I mailed to Eric Lindros back in December of 2021 um, when I started doing TTM again and, and, and around Christmas time. So I sent him a, I sent him a Christmas card. It wasn't even like a letter with a note. It was a, it was a Christmas card with, with a self-addressed envelope. And I, and I, and I put in a, a really strange card, which was a, I think a 07 Parkhurst card, which he's featured in a, he's featured in a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. Okay. okay. So I sent it out to Canada, never to be seen again. So I thought uh, about 10 days ago, beginning of February, I get this envelope and I recognize it's my handwriting, but in the back has a sticker from the Philadelphia Flyers. So I'm like, Who, what's this? Did I, did I... <laughs> yeah. I kept thinking in my head, did I send to someone at the Flyers? Did I send to a Flyers player? I just couldn't remember. I don't, I don't put initials on it, so I didn't do any of that. I don't either. Yeah, so I want to be surprised, like opening a pack. I, I open it, and it's Eric Lindros signed card. Nice. Nice signature, too. Yeah, 400 and something days. It went from Toronto or the suburbs of Toronto, where I think he lives or his family lives, to then somehow this card got to America and got into the hands of the Flyers, who then mailed it to me because it had their sticker on it. I have no idea. If this card can talk, I bet, <laughs> it, would, I bet it would have a story. But if Eric Lindros is listening, thank you for signing the card. It's amazing. I love Lindros, even though he's wearing a Toronto Blue uh, Maple Leafs jersey here. By the way, he did also feature a Toronto Blue Jays uh, a 91 tops traded, uh, score traded card. So that's another story. That He's for my set of athletes who appear in other sports and other trading cards. I love that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so Eric, thank you, Eric Lindros. If you want to mail to Eric Lindros, you'll probably get it back in 2026. Yeah, I, I don't have a Lindros. I, I've never sent to him because I didn't think he was much of a signer. So I haven't. He's not. But apparently, if you look at different registries and in different um, uh, posts, he does sign. and Everything takes an average of 300 plus days. So he must just wait for the it's a build up and then just sign. I don't know. It's interesting, um, but it's a mystery. And. If anyone can shed light on that, I'd love to know what happened. <laughs> <You> <laughs> know, Sal, know, get, Sal, get Eric Lindros. I know, I got to get Sal to uh, Inspector Gadget on it. Um, the other card I got, which, you know, my local Walgreens had a lot of score football, right? And yeah. it's really cheap stuff. I get it. The fat pack's like six bucks and the cards aren't worth anything. But I like to pull those because some older players on there, you might TTM. And uh, I got Charlie Joyner. I got his card. 
I te- I sent oh, cool. to him. You know what? I got I bought a, a couple boxes of score because I was do I was doing a uh, um what the hell the, the the zappy I was doing a zappy hunt to get the 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 Patriots uh, backup right. quarterback the rookie quarterback right. he was featuring the score rookie card so I bought like two boxes and I got I got a zappy rookie card I was very happy. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's always some hidden gems in there. Of course, Charlie Joyner, I got him back in like 10 days. So which Nice. Is, and I got him the day, I think I got him the same day as the Lindros card. It was the funniest thing ever. I'm like, <laughs> one of the shortest TTMs in all in, in all time, and then one of the longest of all time. So that's my TTMs for January. I like to send out TTMs in February that are football-related because of the Super Bowl, and also basketball-related because of March Madness, which is coming up in a month from now. So No, it's funny, Clint, as I sent out um, like, 15 or 20 for current MLB players because I wanted to get them before they went down to Florida for, for uh, spring training. So I'm yeah. going to see how that goes. The other thing I'm doing now is some of these scorecards, or if you have Don Russ, they're cheap enough, send to football players who are not going home. Uh, the Pro Bowl's over, the Super Bowl's next week. If you know these guys are home, and maybe some of them sign in the offseason. So that's a, also try some current players at home during the, the winter months. That's a good idea. How how have how you been doing with your returns? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I mean, I haven't sent too many out. I, I missed the boat on getting stamps early, uh, you know, because I know the price went up. Um, but I've, I've just, you know, I send about maybe like five or 10 a month. I don't send a ton. Um, it just, it's a matter of trying to go to shows and picking up, you know, singles because that, you know, or, or opening packs and putting cards aside and going, okay, I think I might want to send these out. Yep. I haven't bought too many. My, my next goal is to buy top series one baseball, go through that, that box, hobby box, and then see if I can pull some aside and maybe wait a year, mail them next winter or mail them during spring training. I might try that. I don't know what I'm going to do. I know that I've had very little luck sending to stadiums. I don't, I haven't gotten anything back really ever. Yeah, um, I agree. I, you I'm, know, have I, you done any hockey? Have you done any hockey to the stadiums? I just tried a couple of Bruins to, that I sent directly to the stadium. I have tried that, and I found that the teams that are more receptive to sending your cards back, or even just other stuff, is are the Canadian teams. Okay, uh, they seem really. They must get a lot more mail and are just used to this. I've sent to the Rangers and the Islanders and locally here in New York and never gotten anything back. Even, even guys who are executives now, you think, okay, front office people, they used to play nothing. So I wonder if, you know, and then, and then, you know, it's funny, like people I've sent to where I didn't get anything back, like Brian Leach, I never got anything back. And then I see now he's going to be at the national. I'm like, okay, I think some of these guys are just thinking we don't sign in the mail. We're just going to do shows. And we're going to sign there because we want to make some money. I don't fault them for. for well, no, no, as good as the Alumni Association. So the Bruins Alumni Association is very good. I, I actually got Don Cherry through him and through them and uh, Brad Park and uh, Johnny Busick. There's a bunch of guys that will sign through the Alumni Association. And also the Canadians. I got Yvonne Cornway and a couple other guys through their alumni. You just send it to the whoever that person is through their Alumni Association. And then right. it seems to get. It seems to get to them. Yeah, the only other organization franchise that does a really good job with autographs is uh, the Detroit Red Wings. I did it with them last year. They have something called Autographs for a Cause. Yeah. You can Google that. Yeah. From until March, March 24th, I think is this year, you can send some money and they have a list of players and you'll get you'll get signed back in a month, which is great because I thought, okay, you know what? The money goes to charity and the players will do it. And it's really fun. And you can get a lot of players. That, you know, it's hard to get current players. And I think that's a lot of fun. So uh, autographs for a cause, Detroit Red Wings, 
they do a nice job and you can get Maurice Sider, you know, um, Dylan Larkin, you know, a lot of guys like that who I think are uh, signing for various charities and, and you can even pick the player in the charity you want and they can make it work. And I think if more teams did that, I think um, it'd be easier and they can raise money for charity, which is great. Yeah, I agree. Hey, you know what? I bought a couple of Upper Deck Series 1 uh, blaster boxes and I got one box. I got like seven Bruins in it. And I was so happy. So I got another box. I didn't get one Bruin card in it. So yeah. I, <laughs> the, the collation is just weird. Yeah, so the, the blasters are out and so are the tins. The tins are fun. It's funny. I never pulled the trigger on the tin. I just don't want to have the tins lying around. But I did buy a box and then I did almost complete my Series 1 base set and when i say base set i mean the first 200 cards i don't count the young guns oh do me a favor send me a list if i have them if you, i have anyone you need you can have them okay i'll let you know um i don't count the young guns in the base because those are short printed and those are much harder to come by but i did pull did you get the big one the the five by seven young young gun card in there yes, I, I think i did yes i think i got that one um i don't like oversized cards maybe it's i don't either yeah i got i got a brewing guy though Okay, so I, I did get two young guns, two of the better ones, Owen Power and uh, Matty Beneers. Oh, nice. I, I like Owen Power a lot. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you're speculating rookies, any rookie on the Buffalo Saves, just buy it <laughs> and hang on to it because they might go on a deep playoff run. That's my dark horse for, for the Stanley Cup this year. Um, and it'd be nice to see a franchise like Buffalo do well because I think they've had some problems over the years. I got, I got Marco Rossi. Okay, yeah, that's that's a that's a decent one to hang on to, I think. Yeah, I mean the young guns are great. You hang on, yeah, you hang on to the young guns because some of them might come, you know, come good in year two, you know. Um, but you you know pretty fast in hockey if guys are going to be really good or not, and because oftentimes they end up going somewhere else, or they go they play in Switzerland or they, in Germany, they go abroad, and then you really then, then you realize you're not you're not um, doing well. I, as I told you last month, I like to speculate on players who might go to the Hall of Fame, not necessarily rookies because i got a box of wander francos if you want them you know like i mean like yeah. you, know, you know you know or joe adele you know i was all in on joe adele you know and now it's like me okay. too i loved him what happened what happened to my boy joe yeah adele? you know he goes up and down with the minors and then you know key brian hayes another guy that i like you know if you if you were thinking of buying speculating on a rookie in baseball ask me and do the opposite of what i'm doing because <laughs> i'm you know i'm i'm you know i got key brian hayes joe adele you know wander franco like i'm I'm not doing so well. Um, yeah, I got my first Pasternak card. Okay, and, yeah. I'm yeah. very happy about that. Yeah, no, it's, and look, the Bruins could win the Stanley Cup this year, so, you know. Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be interesting. It, it'll be fun. And then, you know, in terms of my last pickups for the month, I did pull the trigger on a Scott Rowland rookie card because he did get inducted in the Hall of Fame. Oh, nice. How much? Well, it's one of those pro top prospects cards, and I, I pulled the trigger right as he got voted in, you know, and it was $4 on eBay. You can't go wrong with that. Oh, you can't go wrong on that. Nice. And, you know, is Scott Rowland uh, uh, an all, uh, a Hall of Famer? We can debate that. As far as I'm concerned, you know, if Don Mattingly and Thurman Munson are still not in the Hall of Fame, I don't know what Scott Rowland is doing there. But anyway. Yeah, you know what, uh, Sal, uh, Sal and I, uh, Les and I talked about this on the show last week. And uh, Scott Rowland is a good player. Was he a great player? I don't think so. He was very good. He uh, was not a guy. I always thought, I think a Hall of Famer is, if I'm sitting there watching a game and he's four players up, am I going to sit there and wait for him to his at bat? And Scott Rowland was never that guy. Right. Well, by, right? by that by that measure, then, 
then Aaron Judge is already a Hall of Famer. Oh, oh, Aaron Judge is a Hall of Famer. I spent all last season either watching the Yankees or watching his at bat because that's what you want to see, right? So, yeah. Oh, no, but but when I look at it, and I a guy like uh, Manny Ramirez, I waited for him to be to be up. I thought he was worth watching. You know, I mean, now he's is he in a Hall of Fame? No. It, it did he if he didn't do steroids, would it be in the Hall of Fame? Probably. Right. So yeah. I know you know that. And that's the same thing with pitchers. Would I, if I saw in the paper that so-and-so was pitching that day, would I get in my car and drive down to the stadium to go watch him? And oh, that's a, that's a great question to ask. I think when talking about Hall of Famers, I do think because of the steroid era and there's this adversity to get these guys in, you're getting these secondary players. And I always used to argue that the baseball Hall of Fame was the hardest to get into, and that's no longer true. Right. I mean, and guys like Carol Baines is not a Hall of Famer. So right. I, you know, Jim right. Cott, who I've had on the show and is the the nicest guy, sure. was he a Hall of Fame pitcher? Probably not. I hate. I mean, maybe he can get in as a broadcaster, but yeah, you're right. I don't. I don't see it. And you know, I mean, for many years, my favorite Hall of Famer was Phil Rizzuto because I'm a Yankee fan. He got in yeah. as a broadcaster, which makes sense. But you know, now it doesn't even look so weird that Phil Rizzuto's in the Hall of Fame because there's guys that are way below him that are in for playing. Right. But that was a different time. And, you know, I think these steroid guys are all going to get in. I mean, I cannot imagine that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens never, even Andy Pettit never get in. I mean, right. I can't. Well, I don't know about Pettit. Pettit, you know, you, you're a Yankee guy. So right. was Pettit, as a Red Sox fan, I never said, oh, no, Andy Pettit's pitching. I, I'm worried about beating Andy Pettit. And he, and he was a great, he was a good pitcher. He was a very good pitcher. Yeah. No, it, I call it the Mike Mussina rule. If Mike Mussina is in the Hall of Fame, then Andy Pettit gets in. <laughs> okay. Mike Mike Mussina, at least, was he was tough. He was tough to beat. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I look, I understand that they can't go every year without inducting anybody because they have to have the big celebration in the summer. And it's tourism dollars and all that. And I know it's jaded, a jaded view of it, but I think they have to induct a few people in, even if the Veterans Committee does it, because you right. have to have somebody in there. Otherwise... It's like, yep, all the great players who are eligible were on steroids next. And yeah, Bonds and Clemens both should be in, and uh, it's a shame that that they tainted their their hair. Their uh... well, it's interesting because the Veterans Committee, I think, in the future will let them in. I think Joe Morgan, a bunch of players, were very against having those players in, but those yeah. players passed, those players have passed on. And I think in the in the next ten years, I think you'll see some of these players in. I mean, Kurt Schilling love him or hate him he's probably the best playoff pitcher in baseball history yeah and you know he says a lot of silly things i understand that but we're electing people based on their playing careers not their personalities uh, if that was the case ty cobb wouldn't be in there you know a lot of other guys wouldn't be in there and so i think we have to make exceptions to that but you know this is the great debate in the winter months with baseball is the hall of fame and people we're still talking about it right and we're going to talk about it for, until next year's hall of fame vote so that's no, just but I am looking. For, I'm looking forward to top series one. I think the design is good. You know, it's not great. I mean, I I, I keep thinking. It, no, it's a nice clean design. I think it's, it's a nice clean, clean design. And I like that. There's a headshot on the front. I, I think. I think fanatics taking over. I was expecting something revolutionary to happen, and nothing really has happened with fanatics. I don't know what they you know, haven't had time yet, though. Yeah, I think and these sets take a year out. I understand that. I, it's curious to see down the line. You know, my only fear about top series one baseball is. I saw the price point is like $85, $89. And I'm thinking, that's pretty low. How much of this did they print? And last year, they printed a lot. A lot. A lot, a lot. I mean, it, everywhere I went, it was, you know, the, the Wander Franco, forget about his on the field stuff. If Wander Franco 
is a is a is a Hall of Famer, let's say, that card is so overproduced as rookie that I just wonder, even if he is a a, a phenomenal player one day, is that become the new Ken Griffey Jr. or is that the I know? Do you, do you know anyone that bought a Series One uh, hobby uh, blaster box and didn't get the Wander Franco card? <laughs> Everybody I know has at least one. So right. And so I wonder if that's what they're doing again, because I, I want the cards to be out there more, but I don't want them to overproduce. Otherwise, we're entering another junk wax era, which I'm always told is not true. But when you think about it, even, even Wander Franco's rookie, forget about the base. There's so many parallels now, too. Isn't that just another way of saying we printed more, only the different colors? You know, yeah, I know. Oh, let's let's be careful here. And, you know, I'm happy the price point's low. I don't want to spend $200 on a hobby box. But at the same time, I want there to be some value here. Otherwise, your only hope is pulling an autograph. Otherwise, and even those, how many do they produce of those? Some autographs don't even have number, aren't even numbered. So for all I know, there's thousands of those too. So no, I I'm just worried about that a little bit, um, but we'll see going forward. But like I said, to me, the top series one is, is put, it's kind of like the unofficial start of spring, even though it's still 20 degrees here in New York. Yep. On the fi- on the 15th, I will be down there getting my hobby box. I'm shrugged like you. I will be. Yes, I will be. Looking forward to it. Hey, you know, we, we've had a, a, a great segment and really long, but I just want to cover this one last thing that, that you and I talked about. The Upper Decks uh, Indigenous uh, First uh, People's Rookie card that the set that they came out with, uh, it was released only in Canada, right? It was a... Yes. Uh, they had eight cards of guys that were uh, indigenous people. They were from uh, that played in the NHL that didn't have a rookie card, and it was kind of cool. And Brian Trottier's uh, brothers, one of them, and so I didn't. Did you know any of the other guys that that were featured in the in this set? It's funny, no. You know, um, I, I wrote the piece for Sports Collectors Digest. You can find it in, on the website now. It's an eight card set. It came out in the middle of January, and and like you said, it's only available in Canada at these indigenous hockey camps, at, at certain stores, certain locations. So I, I've already seen them since my story has already run. I've seen them on eBay for hundreds of dollars because they're that rare. There's only 10,000 of these sets made. And, you know, some of the players I had never heard of, you know, I knew Brian Trachi had a brother named Rocky. Rocky, yeah. Um, and a bunch of other players um, who played, you know, in a bygone era in some cases, but they never got a rookie card and they they're of indigenous descent, which I think is a great way. It reminds me a little bit of the of the Willie O'Ree card that that sure. and Panini made years later because to to honor him. And we forget that those early hockey sets were really limited to like 132 cards or 200 cards if it was Opeachy. Not everybody got a card, and so I understand why some of these guys never got a card, and some of these guys predate cards and all that. But I think it's really fun if you like rookie cards, if you collect indigenous players, and there are a lot of Canadian players of indigenous descent who play or played in the National Hockey League. And this is just a great way for Upper Deck, I think, to honor some of these people. And if you get your hands on these cards and maybe TTM them or collect the set, you know, they're hard to find in the United States, but if you're gonna, gonna, going to go to Canada or know someone in Canada, I can get them for you. These are these are a little bit like Tim Horton's cards. We don't have access to them, but they may show up at a show. They may show up to at shows in Canada. So, you know, um, but my article's up if you guys want to read it. And it's, it's a really good piece because it, it tells you a little bit of the history of indigenous uh, uh, players or players of indigenous descent who play in the National Hockey League. And, and you know, I think it's it's about time that we give credit to some athletes of, of certain ethnicities and nationalities who didn't get the credit they deserved back then. 
And it's always cool to have, you know, rookie cards of guys that never had one. And I think right. it was interesting. They had to go find these pictures of these guys because some of these guys, there's not a lot of pictures of them in uniform. Correct. Because some of these guys played in the fifties and whatever it is and, 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 you know, bad records, not enough photography or not enough good photography to post on, on the, on the front of a card. So the kind of, I like, I like the backstory too. And, you know, even though I got the press release and I called a few people and talked to upper deck and as, as I was talking to, um, the people there and to one of the one of the collectors who actually was the inspiration for it um you really get to see the story behind it and the enthusiasm behind this set i think it's going to be great you know once people get their hands on them so this is the kind of stuff upper deck does that i really think is great um and hopefully they'll do more of it in the future different kinds of things like this yeah make sure you check out clemente's article it's in sports collectors digest you can just put, put in in the in your search terms just put clemente lisa in the search and uh all clemente's articles come up and i think it's the second or third one that pops up it's uh upper decks new uh, new first people's rookie cards highlighting nhl's indigenous players I, you know what hold on it, it went, went off the page clemente so i got <laughs> Yeah, I meant additional players. I got that right. I can't believe I got that one right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so make sure you check that out in Sports Collectors Digest. Also, make sure you check out Clemente's uh, article. He does a, a monthly article in PuckJunk, PuckJunk.com. He does one for Valentine's Day, the cards he loves. He does fe features three cards he loves. We just talked about that. Make sure you check out Clemente's book, the great book. The History of the World Cup. It is awesome. It is available anywhere books are sold, including Amazon. There's a link on our website. Uh, if you want to check it out, you can save 30% off of the book. It's still available. And if you buy it and you want Clemente to autograph it, he will definitely do that. Um, he is all over the place. Clemente is all over the internet. He he is a content creator. <laughs> he is all over the place. Make sure you follow Clemente. He also has his Clemente's uh well it's not Clemente's world that's my my uh segment it is uh, soccer planet soccer yeah. planet yeah, is planet. a great uh, newsletter Jeez, how, do you get any rest because I get like three meals a, a week I'm like, a, yeah, I'm, I'm like a monk I'm up late I'm, you know churning out content so it's I, I I enjoy it's a lot of fun and 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 I like to tell stories and 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 share my ideas and you know and talk about the hobby and about sports and I think you know, it's it's the internet's created this great vehicle, I think, for everyone to create a community that's virtual. Yep. And you know, and then at places like the national, we all get to meet in person, which is always fun. So I look forward to seeing you at the national. But of course, we'll talk next month about baseball and maybe college basketball and, and, and more hockey. All right. I got one one prediction from you. Well, two predictions really. First, hand to God, that stupid ball. How much you think it's gonna go for? So I think it's almost at a million bucks now. Um, the golden people think it might it might go to three million. I somehow don't think it's going to go that high. But his jersey from that game is the most uh, highest paid uh, sports piece of uh, sports memorabilia ever. So I can see the ball going for over a million dollars easily, and I think that's going to be doing a few in another week. So we'll see. Where, I think over a million dollars easily. Um, and then I'm guessing is it going to hit two? Maybe it'll hit two, but I think it won't hit three because that, that ball looks like it's in pretty bad shape. So I don't know. I know. Dude, that's, I'm like looking at that ball. I'm like, someone's going to, the, the story behind it is the referee grabbed it and has been holding on to it for, for all these yeah, years. Yeah. Yeah. At, at the FIFA World Cup, the ball goes to the referee and the referees had this ball for, you know, 30 something years. And I think after the jersey sales, people have been going all over the internet scouring for, is there any more memorabilia from that game? And I think the referee was like, well, I have the ball. And I think, then, you know, Golden got it, their hands on it like they always do and they put it up for auction. But we'll see. Um, 
I get my guess. My other prediction is about the Super Bowl, right? Super Bowl. How'd you know that? I, I need I need your prediction from the Super Bowl, my friend. Yeah, you know, as a Giants guy, I just can't find myself rooting for the Eagles, even though I did one year where they beat the Patriots. We're two teams. Hey, hey, like. hey, easy there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna say, you know, I like the old AFC AFL. I'm gonna go with uh Kansas City, and I think uh, if anyone's going to replace Brady as the GOAT, it will be Patrick Mahomes someday. So, All right. Thank you, my friend. Clemente's world. Clemente Lise. Follow him everywhere. He is, Just type in his name, Clemente Lise, in any search engine. You can find all this, all the stuff he's on. Clemente joins us every month talking hockey, talking TTM, talking soccer, talking just about everything. Clemente is a, uh, a great collector and a great friend of the show. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you next month. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good one. Thanks, you too. Drew Clemente is very versed in a lot of, a lot of subjects. It's, he's a great addition to the show. I, I love talking to him. Uh, I think we talked for over an hour, so hopefully you enjoyed my my time with Clemente. Yeah, it's always. I mean, it's always great hearing from him. I mean, it's good having somebody who knows soccer on there because my knowledge is not very deep on it. And I mean, he's a hockey fan like us too, so always good to get his uh, perspectives there too. It was fun with you when you guys were at the national and I just sat back. The two of you would just talk, talking <laughs> hockey for like 15, 20 minutes. And I was just like, just, I'm just, I was just like a, uh, a listener, you know, I just listened yeah. to you guys. So it was awesome. Clemente's Clemente is a, a very versed and he's a great content creator. So make sure you follow all his, his content all across uh, the hobby. Uh, next up, Drew, we have Clemente, uh, Clemente, we have collector's world, collector's corner. There we go. Collector's corner. So this week I got to speak with Dave Merrick. Dave is Senior Vice President of Marketing for the Somerset Patriots. That's the double-A team for the New York Yankees. Dave is also, he's emailing me the other day. He is looking for a 1982 San Diego chicken card. Donruss, if, if you have it. I thought I had an extra one, but I don't. But guys, I'm looking for a 1982 San Diego chicken Donruss card. It goes for like a dollar, guys. If you have one... <laughs> Let me know. Send me an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com. Yeah, we're looking for a 1982 Donra San Diego chicken card for our friend Dave Merrick, who is a great collector. We're going to talk to Dave about uh, collecting. He just finished the 71 and 72 sets, and he is uh, he's, he's he's a great collector. So we're going to talk to him about vintage collecting and talk to him a little about uh, his time at the Somerset Patriots. So please enjoy my interview with Dave. And now it's time for Collector's Corner. Let's hear from our collector this week. All right, guys, it's time for Collector's Corner. We're going to interview a huge vintage collector. His name is David Mark. Dave Mark. He is uh, a collector of vintage cards. He just finished the 1971 and 1972 top sets, which I'm green of envy that, that he's been able to do that. Dave also has a great position he is senior vice president of marketing for the Somerset Patriots which is the Yankees double-a team so we're going to talk a little double-a baseball with him as well welcome David thank you very much Jeff uh, I appreciate you uh, inviting me on the on the show I'm happy to talk with you Dave I follow you on Twitter Dave is at dmark94 on Twitter if you want to follow him he always posts great stuff about uh, the Yankees uh, his, his uh, double-a team that he works for and he also uh, posts a ton of uh, collectible stuff as well and uh, let's let's talk about the 71 and 72 sets because those are two monsters to complete. How long how long did it take you to get those ones done? Yeah, well, nobody told me that when I started. <laughs> I didn't realize how how rough it was. Uh, I just 
you know, as a kid, I, I would, I grew up in the junk wax era. So the mid eighties and, you know, I have 5,000 million cards of 80, 85, 86, 87, 88. So if anybody needs any of those cards, please let me know. <laughs> yeah. You and me both, my friend. You and me yeah. both. Yeah, we all do. Right. Um, maybe that's the reason why I'm not getting rid of them. So, um, but yeah, you know, as a kid, I, I would just, you know, I started kind of building sets, you know, going backwards a little bit. And uh, it was always my dream. I was born in 1971. So it was always kind of my dream as a kid. I'm like, oh, I'm going to collect all the sets from my birth year to current, you know, so that way I just, I, I have everything from the beginning. So, uh, you know, after getting married and after having kids, you know, the collecting kind of went on the wayside. So uh, and then when the pandem pandemic happened, just like a lot of people here, um, you know, I started digging into these massive amounts of cards that I've been literally carrying all around the country for. I, like, I don't, I was, I was looking at them. I'm like, what have I been doing all these years? Like I started in Houston and I went to school at Texas A&M and then I moved to Dallas and then I moved up here to New Jersey. And here I am, bring, you know, carrying all these boxes of cards in, in, in the binders and I got like three 5,000 count box of cards that I kept I never threw them away I, I just for some reason I just kept carrying them around with me for, for whatever. you and I did the same thing because I, I lived in I grew up in Boston and I moved to Phoenix and then I moved to Las Vegas and then I moved back to Boston and it's I did the same thing as you did I just carried cards all around yeah. the country and I'm fortunate enough that I, I am not one of those uh, stories of the mom throwing out the, the baseball cards. Yep. So I, uh, you know, my mom, you know, respected my, my cards and, um, but yeah, so I just kept carrying them around with me and, and uh, finally started looking into it and started, you know, I, I kind of stopped collecting in 2004. So I, I stopped building sets then. And so I had a big ground to make up. So I had 05 to 20, 2020 to start, you know, getting uh sets so i started buying the sets there uh i still i'm three away i'm 2011 2015 and 2018 are the ones that i'm missing in the modern era okay then, not bad um, yeah uh, and i'm also working on the updated sets too i got a lot to fill there so i'm work, currently working on the 13 and 14 updated sets and i'm kind of working my way backwards to 2002 i think is where i need to get to but um, in addition to that, I, um, you know, I, I had all these cards and, and I, I don't know if your users or if you all are um, familiar, I'm sure you are, with the uh, trading card database. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll tell you, that has been such a great tool for me. And I'm, I'm D Marek, D-M-A-R-E-K on, on TCDB. If, if any of you uh, listeners are out there and want to trade, I am there and I'm happy to trade with you. I've got some great, I've done probably three to 400 trades on, on that site. But um, from there, I've, I've been able to do a ton of trading to be able to, to build this 71 through 75 sets. Because uh, when I stopped, stopped building, I was around 75 where I had maybe a little partial set. So I had to finish that one off and then yep. completely build 74, 73, 72, and 71. And I did that all through trading. You know, some of the big cards I, you know, buy on eBay or I've got a local card shop that I would go to every now and then or go to a show every now and then and, and pick up some cards that were needed. But uh, but yeah, the 71 and 72, it's been probably about a two year process for me. Um, it's not bad, really. No, it's not. Um, 
And, you know, seven, you know, 72, obviously it's like, you know, as they always say, it's a beast. It's those high number cards. It's just, you, you, you're cruising along for a little while. And then all of a sudden, bam, you just hit a wall. And then like all of a sudden yeah. trading stops and you go to the card shop and you're spending 15 to $20 on a common card. And it's just like, so, um, but I got there, you know, I, I just kind of chip, slowly chipped away at it and, and never really got too overwhelmed and just kind of, you know, enjoyed getting the cards while I could. And, and I think during that process, it allows you to kind of step back a little bit and really enjoy and appreciate these, some of these cards that you're getting, because um, it could be some, you know, random guy that you've never heard of before, but you, you know, you stop and you read the backs, you read the cartoons, you maybe take a look at their stats for a little bit before you go and file them away. And uh, I just, I, you know, I enjoy the common cards uh, as much as I would, you know, a, a star card or something like that. Yeah, I love the 71. You, you just finished. You got two cars at a um, an event that you went to when I, one of the uh, fellow collectors brought the dark two cards you needed. And the second, oh, your last, uh, second last card was Dick Allen. I love that 71 card of him as a Dodger. That's just a great card. As, you know, and yeah, it's, that was um, one of my season ticket holders. And, you know, it's funny because uh, here at the games, I, I've got, you know, I've got a pretty good following on Twitter and, and I've got a lot of guys that are here local that, that come and see me at the ballpark and they bring cards or I bring them cards or whatever. And it's just, it's such a fun experience. This community uh, is such a great community because everybody's so, so giving and so generous and everybody just wants to help other, other people out. So it's really just a fun, fun hobby to, to be a part of. And, um, yeah, you know, the, uh, my season ticket holder brought these, uh, these, he, he knew I needed these last two cards and, you know, I didn't know that he was going to be bringing them. And so he, he, he gave them to me at this uh, hot stove event we were doing. And I just, I, I was floored. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I was so happy. And, uh, yeah, so that was, that was nice. And so it's how just, far along are you on the 73 set? I just finished it about six months ago. Oh yeah. 73 was done. I, I, yeah, I was working backwards. So I started at 75. So like my, my process is, is I'll finish a set first and then I'll move on to the next one. So, okay. or maybe do two at a time. So like I was doing 73 and 74 together and just kind of building those. And then I, when I finished those, then I opened up the 71 and 72 needs and started collecting those and started fulfilling those. And so I kind of finished those two together there. So that, that 73 set that the high number checklist was the worst for me. I just, I, I hated, I hated, but spending money on that and I couldn't find it in good condition. And every time I found somebody that had it, they wanted a lot of money for it. It was really a, a hard card for me to, to get a hold of. I seem to remember that. Uh, yeah, I, de I definitely remember that that was one of my last cards too. And, but you know what, the, um, the other thing I really enjoy about uh, building some of these, these older sets is that you, you learn a little bit along the way of, of what went into making these cards. Like I really enjoyed learning that in 73 was one of the, was really one of the first years where they, you know, they introduced the in-action cards. Yeah, there's a ton of in-action yeah, but that was kind of a, that was back in 72, that was like a, a, a monumental concept because, you know, think about all the cards before that, it was just headshots or yep. shots, right? But now all of a sudden you're seeing game action shots in a card. And that was like, it, it's funny today because every single card now today is game action shots. But but back then uh, you saw those and it was kind of interesting. So 73 is when the camera technology really started uh, getting a lot better to where they could do more action shots. And so you started seeing a lot more action shots in 73 and 74. Um, there's, a, there's a great 
blog out there and I, I I'll have to find it for you. It's um 73 and they somebody went down and figured out every game that hmm. that car, that picture was taken on. Oh, it's, wow. re, it's really interesting. So, it, oh you know, goodness. this why say there's 50 or 60 cards in the set, which is pretty big number. And they went down and said, OK, this this game was May 2nd uh, uh, against the Phillies at that stadium. And it was in the third inning. And he did, the, the, the guy did the whole thing, the whole set. Wow, that is remarkable. <laughs> That's really cool. So but now you're done with 71 and 72. Are you going for 1970? Is that your next try? I don't think so. You know, I don't have enough vintage cards to trade anymore. I, I had a pretty good amount in the 70s and stuff. So make, making trades was a lot easier because I had stuff that was equal value to what, you know, what I was looking for. So um, I think I'm just going to stick with, you know, this, stopping at the 71. I, what I am doing is because I'm an, uh, originally an Astros fan and I grew up in Houston. Um, I am trying to build all the team sets for the Astros. So basically, since I already have 71 and up basically covered, uh, I am working on the 60s Astros and Colt 45 team yep. set. Did I see you? I see you working on a 69 Astros set. Did I see a post? I just finished, I just finished that one. Yeah, yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, yeah. So I finished that one. I'm, I'm two away on the 68. And, you know, the, the earlier ones, I'm a little bit more. Farther, further along I need to go but luckily for, for me the Astros teams in the in the early in the 60s were not very good so right other than the high numbers and maybe a, a Joe Morgan card here or there right exactly the Joe Morgan rookie is one that I'll, I know I'll have to spend some money on but um but the uh like oh gosh who was it it uh there was a 70 card I can't even remember his name now but um, somebody I've never heard of before. And, you know, he was a high number, but I couldn't find him anywhere. Like there was nobody I could trade for. I could, I, it was hard to find on, on eBay and five. I found it somewhere, but yeah, it's just kind of funny that you run across some of these interesting guys or hard to get cards. Yeah. That's the one thing I like about the TTM and the, uh, through the mail autograph collecting is I said, cause I'm working on, um, the 78 set signed 78 set so i'll send out all these guys and you know i i love getting guys back that are stars but i i really like getting back the guys that only had a cup of coffee or one yeah. year and who's this guy you know you just you barely remember and then you go out and learn, learn about him and it's really really interesting to the there's so many people that played the game that weren't superstars but were still great players in their own right you know well you know that it's funny you bring that up because there's a a book that i'm reading right now called grinders um, and it was written by the broadcaster of the Round Rock Express. But the, uh, the definition of a grinder is basically what you just said. It's the guy that maybe had a cup of coffee and he's worked real, you know, it's, it's the stories of the guys that, you know, you don't necessarily know of by their name, but they're like really, you know, did really special things as, as a player. And so I'm really enjoying reading about those, those guys uh, right now. But you mentioned uh, TTM. I, I don't do any of that. Uh, now uh but i used to as a kid and in, in mm -hmm. i used to go um all the time to the astrodome i used to go to the hotel and you know get um autographs there as you know i got mike schmidt and uh pete rose and a whole bunch of guys there at the at the at the hotels but i also used to send a lot through the mail back then and uh boy the joy of, of those coming back and and opening up and, and seeing who you got was just such a thrill it I still is that. it I, still I is gabe it really is right <laughs> Uh, I mean, all the all the trading I do online right now 
uh, just for the regular cards to build, build the set. It's just such such a fun time going home and opening up the mailbox and hoping that you see a, a letter, even if it's one card or 20 cards. It's just it's neat to it's neat to see. But um, yeah, a couple of the, the ones I got in the mail, I, I remember getting a, an Ozzy Smith and I was so excited. I'm like, all right, Ozzy Smith. But it was a stamped Ozzy Smith. I'm like, oh. Aww. Oh are you are you a graded guy I, sorry, or non graded do you don't really care i'm sorry are you a graded guy or a non-graded guy oh, i am really a absolute non i do not care about graded cards at all in fact i only have one card that is uh that is graded and i think it's only autograph graded it's a 72 rod crew that a friend of mine got me which i yep. love but for me i it's not it's not about graded cards for me i just you know number one i like to look at them in a book or, or be able to flip through them. I rather, you know, I, I enjoy, I'm not into collecting for the money. I don't sell, I don't do any of that stuff. Sure. I just like to, um, it, you know, enjoy the cards, have the cards and, and interact with the cards. I don't want to um, have a whole bunch of slabs all over the place. Cause it's just, that's just not my thing. I know, I know it's a, it's a big thing in the, in the hobby community right now. And I'm not, I'm not uh, talking about it. Those who love that, it's just not my scene. Do you enjoy any of the current releases? Do you do you get the new releases every year? Is there there? A, yeah. a, do you like do you like uh you know do you like Heritage or or the the tops? Um, I, I'm, I'm a flagship guy. I keep it simple. Um, I don't you know I I started collecting the uh, minor league Heritage set this past. Yeah. Uh, I'm still working on that one actually. Uh, but I don't like collect the Chromes and I don't collect the Paninis and and things like that. It's just it's a little bit you know. There's so much to get out there. It's like I just I'm trying to stay in my lane and, and just kind of enjoy what I can get where you know when I can get it and, and not spend a ton of money doing it either. So every now and then if I see a box of uh Bowman chromes or or um or you know or anything else, I may get it just to open up a pack and then I'll put it up for for trade on on the database or whatever. And sometimes I'll be able to, you know, use those to trade for stuff that I need in, in building another set. As your, your job is senior vice president of marketing with the Somerset uh, Patriots, have you had to deal with the uh, card companies at all? People sending down guy, the photographers to take pictures either in spring training or, or during the season. Have you, you dealt with any of that? Uh, for that, for like top, like tops or something like yeah, that. Yeah, tops or, or or anyone coming down and say, hey, we got to take pictures of the guys for uh, set X or. Um, I'm not involved in that. I I, I don't want to say that that's never happened. I don't know if it has. Um, I think probably uh, I, I want to say I've never heard of that to be honest with you. Okay, uh, but that's not to say it hasn't happened, and I, don't, and I just wasn't aware of it. I, I don't deal with uh, those kind of our PR person here deals with those kind of requests. How has um, how has the the uh, attendance been for you guys since the last you know, in the last couple of years? How long have you been with with the Summer uh, Patriots, and, and uh, you know what are some of the prospects that have run through the 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 this team uh, while you've been there? All right, so I I, I am uh, entering my twenty fourth year here at the Somerset Patriots. Wow! Um, you may know, or you're, if your listeners don't know, we were originally an independent team that played in the Atlantic League. Yeah. And um, so we were not affiliated with any team. Yeah, my friend was the uh, GM of the New Hampshire Spirit, the New England, the New England Spirit, with Lynn Spirit. They were the North Shore Spirit of the Independent League. That, if you remember. Um, that yeah, that might have been in the. Uh, some one of the other lakes it wasn't in the atlantic League. okay um uh but and we had sparky lyle was our manager so and sure. he's still part of our team so he's you know we also had john montefusco as, as one of is our pitching coach for a number of years um 
And, you know, we saw people like Tim Raines came and played for the Patriots as he was trying out for Team USA in 2000. Uh, Ricky Henderson played in our league with the Newark Bears at, at a, as for a small clip. Jose Canseco was, played in our league. Actually, there's a funny story. Uh, I got kind of in, sort of in trouble, but uh, I, I was involved. <laughs> oh, tell me, tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was involved in promotions here at the Patriots back then. And um, when Jose Canseco came in, I was like, you know what, let's, I know the uh, video of the ball hitting off the top of his head. Sure. Home run. So I'm like, if he strikes out in the game, I, I instructed our scoreboard guy to play this video of the ball hitting off of his head. <laughs> so, so he struck sure out. He wasn't thrilled about that one. We struck out. We played the video. They were fired up in the dugout after the game that the, G, uh, the uh, manager who was uh, Kevin McReynolds, if I'm not mistaken, uh, former Met. Well, uh, yeah. If I, yeah, but anyway, he came knocking on our GM's door, and he was so angry and so upset. He, he had to lock his door. He like he, he couldn't face them because he was so, they were so angry. So that's funny. I got I got. But anyway, it's um you know we've seen a lot of good stuff here. But uh, and when the pandemic happened, and the whole uh, minor league baseball operations shifted to uh, be under major league baseball control, one of the rules that was lifted was that uh, major league teams were allowed to pick and choose where they wanted to have their minor league affiliates. So they had the freedom to, to change without having to worry about national association rules. So um, Brian Cashman called us up in May of 2020 and asked to come visit our ballpark. We, you know, we were never looking for it or anything like that. It just happened to, to come, come about and we showed him the place and he was, they, he and his uh, uh, player development team were very excited and very impressed with our facility and what we could build for them. And uh, they chose us to be their double-A affiliate. And uh, since then, we've built them a, a brand new 4,000-square-foot batting cage, a 3,000-square-foot um, uh, uh, strength and, and wellness center, a brand new locker room, uh, all the bells and whistles that these young players will need. But in addition, um, for it's, it's a prime spot for the rehab assignments to come down. So you know, if the Yankees need to send somebody for a rehab stint, they can send them, you know, 40 miles away from Yankee Stadium to here. It's simple and easy to get into right off the highway. Um, all, all the all the necessities that they would need to to rehab. We had Harrison Bader here at the end of the season last year, and he yep. had a great time. We had Luke Voigt here for a period of time, Severino. So, um, you know, when this happened, you know, the 21. 2021 season started and uh, we, we were still under kind of pandemic rules. So we were still a little bit, you know, constricted, but 2022 was uh, the best year that we've had on record uh, as an organization. We had uh, a tremendous amount of fans that came through organizations, came back to the ballpark. We had Anthony Volpe here, Yankees number one prospect. Is uh, he the real deal, Dave? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he started off very, um, he did not start off good. Uh, you know, when he first came here, I was kind of questioning it myself. I'm like, oh, gee, I don't know if the scouting reports right on him. But then in, something happened in May and June and July. Boy, he tore. He 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 was amazing. And uh, I think he was the first player since Andrew Jones that that finished a 20 home run, uh, 50 stolen base season um, in the minors. So, uh, yeah, he's 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 great. You know, he he you know he. He's he's fun to watch and he's local here. He, he grew up, you know, just uh, I don't know, 10 or 15 miles away from the ballpark. So um, he's, yeah, he's been a great he's been a great signer through the mail as well for the fans. He's been. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he's a very good big signer through the mail. Good. 
Yeah, yeah. He, How I about mean, um, Jason Dominguez? Are you, you going to get have him this year? Uh, we don't know. Um, you know, we, we're never told who's coming and who's not. But I, I will say that um, they they called Jason up uh, when the high A season ended last year. We were able to get him for the last probably week and a half of the season, and then into the playoffs. And when he started here with us, he also had a, a trouble time, trouble adjusting, and and you know. Um, it was an adjustment period for him, but then all of a sudden in the playoffs came and he was remarkable. I think in our final game that we won, not only 15, nothing, which he hit two home runs, one from each side of the plate, wow. <laughs> but we also had a no hitter in that game too. So it was uh, quite a remarkable championship game, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's very fun and exciting to watch as well. And, and we certainly hope he's going to be with us this year, but we, we don't know anything at this point. Yeah, what are some of the fun promotions that you get you've run uh, while you've been there? I know uh, that's the fun part of being minor league marketing person in minor league baseball. It's all sorts of cool, fun things. I go, I go to the Fisher Cats games up in Manchester. Oh yeah, I love, I love going up there, and they always have some cool stuff going on. They're great. Um, I'll tell you. Uh, well, you know, Jeff, I was listening to your uh, interview with with uh, the chicken with Ted. Yeah, Ted's uh, great. Not too long ago, so you mentioned, you know, getting... are you going to bring the? Are you going to bring Ted in? I have. I already have. Bring him in. I'll come down. <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't talked to him in a long time, but like in back in 2000, I don't know, 2001 or 2002, I, you know, we had him here for a couple of years and um, I, uh, I'm looking for his. Uh, yeah, here, here's a, your listeners won't be able to see this, but here's a, an autographed picture I have of me and the chicken uh, nice. back, in, back then. No, funny story, Dave, right? Ted would not let me video, you know, we're on, we're on a video conference do so I could see you and you can see me when I yep. did interview Ted, he would not put the video on. So I couldn't see what Ted looked like. He would, he said, I'll do the, I'll do the interview with you, but I'm, you can't video me. That's funny. You know, what was so impressive about him is that I, you know, when I, when I hired him and I, you know, talking to him, I'm like, gosh, you know, uh, Oh, I, I didn't realize we were going to get the original chicken. He's like, well, I am the only chicken. I'm like, what are you talking about? You, you don't, you know, like some of the other places they, they sub, they have other actors that go out and they, you know, send them out to different places. He's like, no, I'm, I'm the guy there's, I'm, I would not trust anybody else in this suit. I do it myself. And, and he was great. And he, he's such an inspiration to so many teams in, in all of minor league baseball of, of what they do with their, with their mascots and stuff. And in fact, right, well, I'm putting my vote in for the chicken. I want you to guys have the chicken. I'll, I'll definitely come down for that. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's fun to be in minor league baseball and, and the promotions and things that we can do and, 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 and coming from independent ball into the minor league baseball umbrella, there's so much more creativity and freedoms that we're able to do that, um, that are part of programs that we're able to kind of adapt to our own areas. So for example, you've heard of the COPA uh, program, the, the Latin, um, uh, the Latin um initiative to connect with the Latin community where sure. teams change their names to something different. So we changed our name to the Zoras to Somerset and did a whole rebrand and have a new look and, and the, the, the uniforms are sharp. And in fact, Anthony Volpe hit a walk-off home run to get us into the playoffs in the first half. And it happened to be on a Zoros game. So, you know, it's, he's, so you can see the Zoros uh, uniform there, but so like doing something like that is fun. Um, I am also working on a, on a new initiative that um, we're going to be launching this year. They have a, a minor league baseball as a program called the nine, which is um, named after Jackie Robinson's number. When he was in the minor leagues, he was number nine. And um, again, it allows each community to kind of 
you know, interpret how they want to manage this program. And this is also um, a black community uh, uh, based initiative. So um, I, I kind of looked at what New Jersey has to offer and it's, it was very prominent for the Negro leagues. And, and number one, Jackie Robinson, he broke the color barrier actually as a minor leaguer here in New Jersey, playing at Roosevelt stadium in Jersey city um, in April of 1947. Um, and then in addition to that, there's uh, the national, um, it's on the National Historic Registry's Hinchliff Hinch Stadium in Patterson, New Jersey. Okay. It's one of only two minor league, it's one of only two Negro League ballparks that are still standing today. Where's and the other one, do you know? I think it's in Birmingham. Birmingham, okay. I think where the Barons played. I'm, yep. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's where it is. And um and then also, um, the, you know, the team that played there at Hinchcliffe was the New York Black Yankees. So we made an announcement just yesterday that uh, each season we're going to honor the New York Black Yankees. And, and we're going through a, uh, a new um, design to uh, with a you know, new logo and a hat and, and all these things that are going to be you know, shown in 2024. But we're introducing the program this year and it's uh, something I'm, I'm very excited about. So, yeah, just, you know, doing fun promotions like that. Uh, I did. I always do a Yankee Heritage Day every year. Last year, I did Yogi Bear. We did a Yogi Bear bobblehead doll. And the year before that, I did an Elson Howard bobblehead. Um, this year, I can't announce who we're doing this year, but it hopefully we'll be able to announce it soon. But it will be one that Yankee fans will absolutely want to be here for. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, do you but, bring in uh, former Yankee alumni to, to sign autographs and meet the fans? Is that something that you've done? The one I can't tell you about would be yes. Okay. Yes, yes. We had Willie Randolph here last year signing autographs. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so every now and then we'll try to get, we, we did the Miracle Mets a couple of years ago where we had uh, uh, um, four of the, of the living Mets uh, from the 69 team, um, Archamsky, Swoboda, uh, gosh, I can't remember the other two right off the top of my head. Um, but anyway, and that was a huge, huge success. There were so many people that were here to try, and try to see those guys. So yeah, it's, it's fun. Do you attend many baseball card shows, uh, you know, as part I don't, of I, I've got kids and, you know, I work in this, you know, I work so much baseball in the summertime that I really don't get much of a chance to do that. I, we had the national, you know, national card convention here last summer yep. in Atlantic city. I really wanted to go down to that, but I just, you know, it's, I, I, I just didn't have the time or ability to go down and do that. There is a little small show this weekend uh, near my house. That I may swing over to just to see if I can find any of these 60s Astros that I'm looking for. But uh, yeah, I know you, there's a lot of shows in New York, New Jersey area. There's a Hofstra show. There's the Tarrytown show. There's all sorts of cool shows that that you have access to, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, are you in in terms of um, do you have any say in terms of the uh, when they uh, produce the team sets for for the Somerset Patriots? Do you, do you um, I, yeah, no, I don't. I don't work on that. Um, I do have, uh, although this binder here that again, your audience can't see, but this so binder he's, here—he's he's, he's holding up a binder with all sorts of tons of cards in it. Those, yeah. those are my those are my league. This is, every, this is this is every Somerset Patriots team set that we that we've ever put out. So this nice. is the complete book of them. But um, you know, our, our uh, vice president of uh, media relations and our team director. Um, work on that project and they get those you know pictures set up and the stats set up and all that and the, and the designs and all that so yeah they they work on that project and i just get the set and put it in my binder so <laughs> do you speaking of sets the the uh 
2023 top set is coming out on the 15th. Uh, the cards are going to be released. Do you, are you, do you put the sets together or do you just buy the full sets now? Um, that's a good question. So because I have not collated a, a full set in a long time, in 2021, I decided to buy the boxes and self-collate. And mm -hmm. so I, I bought one box in the series one, one box in series two, and then I needed like 20 cards. I, I was able to trade to get the rest of them. So I did that in 21 and 22. I think 23, I'm probably just going to buy the full set, The you know, because I'm actually, as I'm looking at all my other sets that I don't have in pages, I'm really liking the boxes that they're in, you know, because it's able to show the different kind of designs of each of the years. So it's, I, I really don't like seeing my 2022 set in just a white box, you know, and I have a 20, 2013 also in a white box and that's bothering the heck out of me. I know, but I don't, you love opening the packs. Don't you just yeah. love opening the packs? So I'll just probably get like a, you know, a couple blaster boxes every now and then, or just, you know, yeah, every now and then I'll probably just get some just to see what I can find and maybe find some cool inserts or something like that and put them up for trade. But ultimately I'll probably just buy the full set uh, this year. Do your kids collect with you? Or are they into collecting? Um, my one son is, is more into building cars. He's building a 57 Chevy. Uh, okay. My other one is a, um, uh, he's more of a sports kid. Uh, he's not as much into collecting. I got him some cards for Christmas and he, he's held on to them. So, he, you know, so but he's not really fully into it as I am, though. Yeah, I, ha I have a 26 year old and a 23 year old. My daughter's 23. My son's 26. They have no interest. I, I My son, other than Tom Brady, I, I don't think he could name an athlete. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have no idea idea what I'm going to do with my million plus cards that I have. Right, you know? I know, I know. That's that's what I've been thinking. I'm like, gosh, I, I need to pass these down to somebody. I'm hoping one of these boys here will take it off my hands. Do you have Do you have a favorite card? For the, the oh yeah, I sure do. Card? 1968 Nolan Ryan rookie card. Oh, nice autographed. I got it myself, and uh, I know some of the collectors out there will be going like, oh, gross, that's terrible. That's you know, why don't you get it autographed? But for me, it's uh. The thrill as a kid running down the Astrodome uh, aisles to to find to, to catch Nolan before he went underneath the dugout to to go to the clubhouse, and he stopped for a second and he reached for my card and and signed it and that was just a thrill of a lifetime. So it was, uh, yeah, that's that's my prize right there. Did you have Kuzman sign it as well or no? No, no, I never ran into Kuzman. He's he signs through the mail. Does he? I'm the not sending sixty. I'm not sending this Ryan through the mail. <laughs> <laughs> I have, let me see if I can get it. I have the 72, my card is the 72 Carlton Fist rookie card mm. uh, with Cecil Cooper and Mike Garman on it. That was signed, one of all my signs. I have all three of them signed, yeah. Yeah, uh, nice. My, my, uh, that, I got that in a pack when I was a kid. That was one of my first uh -huh. packs that, that my, I, I remember opening it with my dad. It was probably the fifth or sixth card. And he said, yeah, that's Carlton Fist. Got to hold on to that one. He's going to be good. And I, like you, I sent it out. First, I sent it out to Cooper to have him sign it totally nervous didn't come back for like two months uh -oh. i think i'm gonna lose this card then i sent it out to mike garman he signed it really quick and then i sent it out to fisk and he, he charges 50 dollars, but the money goes to uh a hospital or cancer or something sure. so yeah. i got the three uh, three of them to sign it did that's why that, like recently or that as a kid did you do that? no no i did it recently okay gotcha 
and it, it, it every well, time my my dad had passed away probably like three years ago now and every time i said i went out i just my heart stopped because like mm -hmm. I, I hope i get this back because yeah, it's right? irreplaceable you know well it is and, and and what a thrill that is that you have that card and that you can remember that experience because that's kind of the the genesis of your card collecting right there that's oh yeah it started right there that card and you just remembered it you remember where you got it you remember what you were doing when you were opening it up and that's just such a that's what I love about card collecting right there. It's just, that's a, that's a great story. Yeah. And I think, no, what's nice is you, you were talking about it earlier is I think we have a, a really nice community in terms of collectors and people that are out there trying to help other people. And, and I'm yeah. kind of the same way. If I have, if I have a card that somebody needs for a set that they're building and it's a, a duplicate of mine, I'd rather just give it to them than, than yeah. sell it or, or trade it for something that I need. It's, you know, it's, it, I think that's a fun part of the, the collecting community absolutely there's nothing there's nothing like helping somebody finish a set that's that's you know if you can if you can help somebody do that that's a, that's a great feeling i know it's re it's really anticlimactic sometimes isn't it when you've been working at it so hard like the 69 set took me so long to build and i built it piecemeal you know i was buying one or two cards at a time and when i finally Put in that last card it was just like i exhaled and i'm like oh now what am i going to do <laughs> well that's such a good statement because you know it, you're right it does it consumes you for such a, a good period of time and then all of a sudden you're done and then you're like gosh <laughs> there's like a hole in your heart now all of a sudden that is like what do i do now what's what's next uh so that's uh now curious why why did why the 69 set for you is that uh, you know what you uh no one of one of my friends uh brother older brother had given him a ton of 69 cards when we, this is when i was uh, a teenager and uh we just started trading and he needed a bunch of cards so i started building up i started getting a lot of the 69 cards and it came to the point where i had basically all the key cards i had jackson and seaver and clemente and and i had the white um mickey mantle and this is back in the you know mid 70s when these these weren't worth anything Mm -hmm. worth a dollar two dollars so i just said well let me fill it out. Let, let me fill it out and you know 69 is fun because there's a lot of variations with the white lettering and some different pictures and stuff and it was just a fun fun set to build but i didn't i didn't there wasn't i didn't put any pressure on myself so i'd go to a card show i'd pick up three or four here and there you know what yeah. i mean and, oh i'm at a yeah. show let me, let me see if they have the, the uh, a couple guys that i need and then yeah. uh one, uh, i don't know about uh, I don't know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, I just said, okay, let me just finish this. I was down to like 20 something cards. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I, fun. That's I, a good just, I, I think it might have been at the national and I just went and I, I finally finished it up. But it's a it's a, a really fun, fun uh, set. And it's really uh, from an autograph standpoint, it's a great it's a nice card to get autographed that 69th set because it's a it's just a big picture. So yeah. I don't have a lot of autographs, but um, that's one of the reasons I went with the 78 set is because the, the stock on the 78 holds that autograph really well. So I've been working on the 78, but there, I, I'm never going to get a list of the, Do you have a list of the guys that you need for 78? Yeah, I have it somewhere, <laughs> but I'm, I'm down, I, have I, about, have... I have about five, 550 cards right now signed Send it to me I, I i could check to see what i have i know i have, I have a few autographs from 78 so i can check and see if i if i have anything and i will yeah i'm pretty much down to uh either you know superstars or guys that have passed i have most of the guys i would say 98 percent of the guys that are still alive and signed i have those yeah so i will uh, hey yeah I, to my list yeah please do um on a side note uh as we're talking about the 69 set um are you familiar with because i was 
this is another fun part of like collecting. You, you kind of, you get the cards and you're like, wait, something, this doesn't seem right. Like I was noticing in, I think it was 68 and maybe 69, maybe 67 too. The Astros team card sets. Have you, do you know that they just say Houston on them? They don't yeah. Say you know what I saw? I saw a write up on that and I don't remember why. I think it oh. was because, oh, I know why. I know exactly why. Because the Astros, there was a problem with the 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 copyright on Astro. There was the uh, the AstroTurf company was right. suing the Astros for the name Astros because they had the, I guess they had the name AstroTurf or something like that, and so um, so there was there was like a legal battle that was going on for about two or three years. So Tops didn't want to get in the mix of that, so they were just like. You know, any of the, the late 60s Astros cards, you'll see their hat is just black. They've got the airbrushed out of yep. the, Houston, the logo on the top and they'll just say Houston on them. So it's I was like, I kept noticing. I'm like, what's going on here? So it's kind yeah, of somebody wrote a great blog about that. Yeah, 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 there is. That was that it was that was very interesting. Yeah, it's it, it's fun how you can grab onto a team and that's your team for life. You know what I mean? It's just. Yeah. It, yeah, that's it's really neat. And my dad took me so many games in the Astrodome in the in the in the mid '80s. So that's that's where I got that that love from. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm a Red Sox fan. And I, I'm a I'm a different Red Sox fan in that I I was there for all the bad stuff. You know, <laughs> <laughs> all these kids that are Red Sox fans now, they're like, oh, we win the World Series yeah. every year, and they go yeah, to yeah. playoffs and. No, no, you don't. You don't. You're not a Red Sox fan. You, you haven't experienced the pain like I did. Well, we don't have the the decades long of um, ex, extended decades long of, of futility, but because we were only there since '62, but we're only recently enjoying success at the Astros. All I mean, it was before 2017. It was uh, the Astros were in the World Series in '05, but they didn't win a game that 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 series. Uh, so, but that was our only only. Uh, entry into the world series so we're just we're we're just off some enjoying enjoying success right now have you thought of trying to collect the autographs of everyone that's played in, in an astros uniform is that something that, that oh no oh my gosh no that would be that would be a project that would be extreme no i know I, I know i've spoken to guys that are doing the buffalo sabers and the new jersey uh um devils uh but i haven't heard anyone baseball's hard because there's so many guys that play yeah yeah It'd be a lot. It'd be a lot of work to do. Yeah, but Dave, it's great to talk to you. It's great to, to talk a little baseball within this this cold winter day. Uh, Dave Merrick is Senior Vice President of Marketing at the Somerset Pirates. If you're uh, Patriots, Patriots. Sorry, Patriots. <laughs> if you're down in the New Jersey area, they are the Yankees double-A team. They play at TD Bank Park in uh, in, in uh, Bridgewater. It? Bridgewater, thank you. Bridgewater, New Jersey. If you're down in the area, take it a minor league game. There's nothing like a minor league game guys minor league game is a thousand times better than any major league baseball game you ever want to go to it's so much better there's you don't fight crowds you want to get an autograph you get an autograph for the guy there's tons of food there's no lines it's just a, it's a it's a great night out the kids are there there's great promotions minor league baseball is the hidden hidden jewel of, of our country i think it's i love minor league baseball and for your listeners, just so you know, I did not pay Jeff to say that. He he said that all on his own. So Jeff, I appreciate it. that's very nice. I couldn't have said it better. That's thank you very much. You're welcome. It, it, people don't realize what they're missing by not going to a game. There's nothing like going in July on a Tuesday night when it's you know 80 degrees out, and you go sit in the stands. You know, usually you get you know you get a seat 
with no three, not there's three people climbing over you to get get your uh, to go, go go get your soda. And uh, they have the I don't know if you've been to um, Manchester. They have a dinner at the game type of thing, dinner on deck. So we get the seats literally right behind the uh, on deck circle. Mm. It's all you can eat. I don't remember what it is. Whatever wow. it's worth. Whatever yeah. it's worth. It's, it's it's the best seat in the town. No one sits in front of you. Me and my, my wife go. They give you all the popcorn, soda, booze, drink, you know, beer, whatever you want. And there's a waitress service. It's and it, it's you know, it's it's like a, a third of the price we have to pay to go to the Fenway to go see sit behind a pole. You know, it just. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what? What's in addition to that? I mean, you're getting some great stuff there, but um, you go to a major league game, and you know how how far away are you sitting? And you know these guys look like little ants out there on the field. Here at a minor league game, just like you experienced, you could practically smell the pine tar off the bat. You could smell oh, yeah. the fresh cut grass. You can see the expression on these players' faces by by sitting up so close, and it really is a different experience that that absolutely. You, people should should take in because it's it really is something special for sure we you- were in our seats last year we, we go like to five or six games a year we were, we were in the seats last year and these two kids behind us they're screaming at the, at the guys you know not all good nature teenage kids and one of the kids goes hey number nine you're my second favorite player and the guy looked and turned it turned his head it's like what are you talking about <laughs> it was so funny oh, that's good that's what you know you get that one-on-one and, you, and these kids they're trying hard they're, they're kids you know they're 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 young kids and they're, they're all trying trying their hardest and uh it, it's fun to to watch them it really is it is well david thank you very much best of luck uh with your season i hope you guys have a great season this year uh hopefully what you know what card would you like to if you said at the end of the year this is to have a successful collecting year i want to get this card do you have a card that like will would nail nail it for you for the year Boy, that's a good question. Uh, well, now that I finished the 71 and 72s, those would have been the cards I would have been asking for. Since I've already achieved that this year, I guess I would say off the top of my head, the uh, uh, the Jacob deGrom rookie card in, this, in the 14 update set, I think is one that I probably would want to chase this year. Um, and uh, Well, I'll keep my eyes open for you because I'm actually going to a show tomorrow in, in uh, Rhode Island, uh, in Saturday on Rhode Island. If okay. I see it there, I'll I'll uh, I'll try to pick it up for you. Okay, great. Thank you, Jeff. Right, no problem. I appreciate your time again, David. Thank you very much. It was it was a pleasure meeting you. And uh, please stay in touch during the year. You ever want to come on on and and promote the Patriots? You're you're welcome. And you just want to come on and shoot the shit and talk cards. You're welcome as well. Well, please come visit me this summer if you can make it down here. And and thanks everybody for listening. I appreciate it. David, have the chicken. Get the chicken. Yes, definitely. And remember, <laughs> uh, you know, hit me up on on Twitter at dmarek94 or on trading card database at dmarek d-m-a-r-e-k and uh love to love to trade with you or talk talk baseball or cards with you thank you all right guys dmarek d-m-a-r-e-k 94 is his twitter handle okay that's you just reach out on twitter and he he'll, he'll get back to you and if you have any questions and you have anything to help david david is a huge Houston Astros fan. So if you get any Houston Astros signed cards, you want to want to trade for some Somerset Pirates cards. I'm sure we could work a deal uh, with you. You said Pirates. Patriots. Yeah. I know Patriots. <laughs> the only Patriots are the New England Patriots in my mind. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Yeah, you got to get Tom Brady down, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, he's a former baseball player. Maybe he'll want to do that. 
I know. Have you had? Have you had it? You should get some of the New England Patriots down. They, 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 Joe Andrusi was a New, a New Jersey guy. There's some New Jersey. Uh, I, I don't New know if our Giants Jersey. fans here would be happy about that. <laughs> they're already not happy that we're called the Patriots. <laughs> okay, for fair enough. All right, Dave. Thank you. It was, it was great meeting you. Take care, Jeff. I enjoy listening. Thank you. Bye bye. You know what, Drew, it's funny when you talk to collectors that you always think, well, all that's all they do. They're just collectors. You know, they just collect. But mm-hmm. there's so many people in all sorts of different uh, corners and different uh, careers. And they all so many do so many different things and so many interesting things. It was fun to talk to Dave because he's works for minor league baseball. And that'd be that's my dream job. I would love to work for a minor league baseball team. That'd be fun. Yeah, it's always cool. I mean, you never know where you're going to find people. I mean, there are like even player agents sometimes that are card collectors out there. There are people who work in the offices of teams. There's, you know, any walk of life, you're probably going to find someone somewhere in one in anything who's a card collector. Cool. Well, Dave, thank you. And if you want to be uh, on Collector's Corner, I'm always looking for collectors. It doesn't matter what you collect. If You know, as long as it's sports related, uh, we'd love to talk to you. So if you want to be uh, on the show in Collector's Corner, send me an email too. TTMcast at yahoo.com. And we'll enter and we'll definitely interview. We love to talk to people out of passion about collecting. Well, Drew, we got some we got we had some contest winners to announce. A contest winner, I guess, right? Yeah. All right, you want a drum roll or fanfare? Should we do drum roll or fanfare? <laughs> there we go. He, he's so talented. He's so talented. <laughs> well, Dave Bell, who was on Collectors Corner last week, his, he wrote a book called Fakes, Frauds, and Myths. It's available on Amazon. I think it's like $10 if you want to get it. Um, but Dave sent me an autographed copy of his book from Edmonton. And the winner of Dave Bell's book, Fakes, Frauds, and Myth, is one of our great listeners, Brian Murphy. So congratulations, Brian. Uh, I'll drop that into uh, mail to you next week. And we also have a great book we're going to give away on Wednesday uh, from Doug Wedge about uh, the pinnacle on the mound, which talks about Cy Young winners. So if you please uh, listen to my interview with Doug on last Wednesday, and we're going to give away a copy of Doug's book this Wednesday. So if you want to enter to win a copy of Doug Wedge's book, just put uh, like Cy Young book or something in the email and send me your name and make sure you send me your mailing address. So I have the mailing address. So if you do win, I can send it off to you. Uh, so send it to ttmcast at yahoo.com. Yeah. And just put Cy Young book or Cy, you know, Cy book and uh, we'll enter you in that drawing. All right. That wraps up contest, Drew. Next right. up is. That was the, good, uh, said, oh yeah. Making the grade. <laughs> I, just, I just clicked off on something else and I'm like, oh, what? Okay. Next up, Making the Grade. Making the Grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. CSG has new lower prices for 2023. That's right. CSG has new lower prices on its most popular tiers while continuing to offer top of the line service and the best slabs in the industry. With CSG's expertise, slabs, and pricing collectors will love, now is the time to submit your sports cards. See the CSG difference and submit your cards today. Go to csgcards.com to submit your cards for quick turnaround times and the best prices in the hobby. Save $10 off a yearly membership to CSG with code TTMCAST. Get your favorite cards into the industry's best holder for even less. 
Save $10 off your membership with code TTMCAST at csgcards.com. Well, Drew, we have some numbers from Jam Rate, uh, rating numbers from January 1st to fe- uh, February 5th. Yeah, just uh, got the latest there as to what's going on with the big the big four companies out there. TSA up 52%. They graded 297,200 cards in that week span right there. So a very, very busy week out there in California for them. Uh, CSG's numbers down a little bit. They're, of course, their, uh, their big sale came to an end there. So probably down 45%. Still got 23,000 cards that went through their offices. SGC's numbers up a little bit, 14% increase there to 20,500. Beckett feeling the weather that was down here, though, early in the week there. I know shut everything down for about two or three days here in the Dallas area. Saw them have a 49% drop, 11,400 cards that went through there. So, I mean, you're still talking, what, 350,000 cards approximately. They got graded over this uh, the past week there. So yeah, still very cool. healthy numbers. Very cool. Those numbers are from Jam Rate. And speaking of Jam Rate, they sponsor our Big Three. It's a new segment. This week's Big Three is brought to you by GemRate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at GemRate.com. And uh, what we do is we look at the top three risers and fallers. Faller, fallers? Is that a word? I guess, yeah. Droppers, fallers, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Leave it to me to butcher the English language. <laughs> uh over week to week so guys the the three guys that saw their uh grading jump the most in the last in this past week was justin herbert he was up 30 percent Shohei otani up 29 percent a little surprising there and bobby witt jr with baseball coming up he was up 27 percent over the past week Shohei otani's uh 2018 tops number 700 card when he was pitching was up 17 percent and his 2018 tops chrome card which was 100 number 150 was up 27 percent so Shohei Otani uh showing the love and he was up almost 30 percent over the week now the big biggest drops not droppers I guess the biggest drops right the biggest drops this one's a little surprising Michael Jordan was down almost 20 percent wow which was uh, surprising. I, I don't think he did anything wrong <laughs> over the yeah. week, but you know, sometimes these numbers are skewed a little because if um, somebody sends in, you know, 50 Michael Jordan cards the week before, and then that they don't get that the next week. So that sometimes that's explaining that why there's a drop. Anthony Edwards was dropped down 7% and Jalen green from the Houston Rockets was down 7%. So basketball took a little hit this past week. I drew. Yeah, a little bit of one. And I mean, nice rise there for baseball. Like you said, you know, the season coming up, I'm sure that's at the forefront of a lot of collectors' minds right now. So that's uh, that explains Otani and Witt for sure. Well, I want to thank uh, Jim Rate, jimrate.com for providing the, the information. This is exclusive to TTM Cast. It's the only place you're going to find this information. So uh, hopefully you're enjoying it. If you uh, are, if you have any ideas for Jim Rate, if you're looking for a specific uh, statistics from the grading companies that, that you'd like to see, send us an email and maybe we'll we'll add it to our our uh, our, our, our list here. But uh, I want to thank the guys and, and that wraps up making the grade. Next up is that would be the TTM stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. It's the only time I get to use my radio voice, Drew. 
Yeah. DTM cast stamp approval. What we do, what Drew and I do is this is something that Drew and I are passionate about. It doesn't have to be sports. Sometimes it's food. Sometimes it's music. Sometimes it's TV. Uh, so there's all sorts of stuff. I'll do mine first, Drew, and then you can do yeah. yours because yours is a really cool one. I, I was really thinking, uh, you know, what I want to, what I want to do. We watch, you know, I'm watching a couple shows on Netflix and, uh, you know, we're, eating good food and doing all sorts of cool stuff and there's all sorts of collectible stuff but with sunday super bowl sunday coming up it's super bowl snacks i i love super bowl snacks i love appetizers and i love uh everything about super bowl i, lo I love the, the chip bowl i love i love the uh potato skins i love the big squishy pretzels but my number one thing is buffalo wings i love buffalo wings my wife is the best cooker of buffalo wings she fries these wings up she makes her own sauce they're so good and i could eat buff I could, I could eat 25 to 100 buffalo wings i just love them so much <laughs> so my ttm cast stamp approval is super most snacks and most importantly is buffalo wings nice what's yours drew all right well mine is uh something i've been wanting to get on for quite a while so one of the things that I do sometimes is that I, I do make my own custom cards every now and then if there's a player that I can't uh, that I can't find any cards of and I want to get them to sign usually at like a minor league baseball game I'll go ahead and print up like a four by six photo that's usually the sign of the the design of the uh, 1972 top set well there's this app out there called the rookies app and the rookies app has been around since probably about 2004 or so and uh, the problem is though that it's only on Apple products and I am a I, I mean, you will pry the Windows and, and Android from my cold, dead hands <laughs> kind of hater of Apple products. So uh, for the longest time, I'm sitting there thinking, OK, well, <laughs> excuse me, maybe they will uh, eventually come out with an Android version. And their website, if you look at their website, it says right on an Android coming soon. Well, it's said that for seven years now. It ain't coming. So uh, <laughs> that tech department's a little behind. Yeah, just a little bit. So I think they may have just completely given up on trying to make that at this point. But um, so I'm seeing that I'm thinking, okay, well, I'd really like to, you know, make custom cards a lot easier because the problem with making them of uh, photos is that you just have, you know, plain back, nothing on it there. It's on kind of flimsy photo paper and all that. And I prefer trying to stick to, you know, the two and a half by three and a half size whenever possible instead of having to deal with these, you know, Rob Dignaggy and four by six things that I'm trying to stick into this, uh, to my book and everything. So I finally was like, all right, that's it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out and buy a used iPad and download the rookies app and do everything that way. And so I went on eBay. I found this like fourth generation iPad. So it's 10 years old now, but I went, I got it for like $30, including shipping and everything comes with a charging cord and all that. So I don't have to buy anything like that for it. So like, all right, let's go ahead and do this. Got it in yesterday, charged it up, got the app downloaded. And so my TTM cast stamp approval is for the rookies app. So I've gotten to play around with it here a little bit here yesterday, and I'm going to do more with it tonight, but it's very easy to use. They come up with like 15 or 20 really great designs in there that are based off of traditional designs. So unfortunately, they don't have my 72 tops in there as one, but they have very good uh, replicas of like 1988 score of uh, 88 Don Russ is in there, 87 Don Flair, Russ. I think, right? 81, 81 and 82 Flair, Flair both 60, in there. Yep. 66 tops, right? Yeah, there's a 66 tops uh, horizontal design in there. Yeah. It looks really cool. And yeah, there's a whole bunch of them that are, you know, influenced by various card designs over the years, not direct ripoffs at all, because they won't let you get away with that, unfortunately. But yeah, it's been really fun to play around with, to mess with there. And I'm just looking forward to being able to finally get some of my own cards printed up and signed, whether in person or for TTMing. And uh, 
Yeah, I think it's like $12.99 for them to print 20 cards, like $3 to ship them. Not bad at all there. I mean, it's under a dollar a card at least. Yeah, and, and the the app is free, guys. It's rookie yes. app. You can get it in the app store. It takes like, what, a minute to download, and there's no tra- no training involved. You can just jump right on and, and play around with it. So uh, cool. Drew, thank you. Rookie app is Drew's TTMcast stamp for approval. Uh, that wraps up stamp for approval. Next up is the Vern Rap Minute. The Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, who I sent out a TTM request to him uh, after he had pa- after he had passed away. Right? Yep. I always get the before after mixed up. I'm just confused. But we do this as a service to our fellow TTMers, so that you're not embarrassed like me sending out a TTM request to somebody who had passed away. And this week we look at uh, guys that passed away in the world of sports and celebrity. Uh, I should say people that passed away in sports and celebrity. We lost Paul Martha. Paul Martha was a defensive back, a wide receiver and a halfback. He went to University of Pittsburgh. He played for the Steelers from 64 to 69. And he played for Denver Broncos in 1970. He last TTM'd in 2016. Paul Martha was 80 years old. Uh, from the basketball world, we lost George McLeod this week. He played in 1952 and 53 in the NBA with the uh, Milwaukee Hawks and the Baltimore Bullets as a forward. He last TTM'd in 2008. Uh, George McLeod was 92 years old. We lost Wilbur Howard. Wilbur Howard was an outfielder for the Milwaukee Brewers and the Houston Astros from 19, I don't know, 70. I did I, 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 I ruined it, Drew. 1973, I think, to 1978. He was drafted by the Pilots in 1969. Probably one of the few guys that were actually drafted by the Pilots and, and played uh, in the majors, right? He yeah. was an outfielder. He was a great TTMer. I had him sign my 1978 um, Tops card that as an Astro. He was kind of a fourth outfielder, pretty much, right, Drew? He was, yeah. But he had a pretty good career. Uh, Wilbur Howard was 73 years old. I lost Pete Kogel this week. Uh, Pete was a catcher. Also, first baseman and outfielder, played with the Brewers and the Phillies from 1970 to 1973. You may know him for being on a 1972 Tops card. It's one of the uh, those trio rookies there, I believe, with the Phillies. It was him, Mike Anderson, and I want to say Wayne Twitchell might have been the third one on there. Yeah, you're uh, right. Pete, Co- yep. Pete Kogel was an excellent TTMer. Uh, he was 75 years old. We lost Demetrius Callup. Demetrius Callup played on the 1989 Michigan championship team, University of Michigan. He was uh, played seven games with the Lakers in 1991. He last TTM'd in 2014. Demetrius was only 55 years old. Uh, we lost Ron Campbell this week. He played a split career with the Cubs, 1964 and 66. Second baseman for them. Uh, he last TTM'd in 2017. Ron Campbell, 82 years old. We lost Ron Tompkins. Ron Tompkins, you should uh, recognize the name. He was featured in the 1968 Topps Rookie Card with Johnny Bench. He played for the Kansas City A's in 65. He played for the Cubs in 71. He was a uh, pitcher, and he last TTM'd in 2022. He was 78. Uh, We lost Marv Kellum this week. He was a linebacker on two of the Super Bowl champion Steelers teams. Also spent some time with the Cardinals. Played overall from 1974 to 1977 in the NFL. Excellent TTMer as well. Marv Kellum was 70 years old. We lost Joe Ross. Joe Ross played at the University of Maryland. He was a tackle. He played for the Washington Redskins in 1952. He did not do TTMs. Joe Moss was 92 years old. 
Last one from the world of entertainment here, Burt Bacharach, great songwriter of the uh, 60s and 70s. I'm probably on into the 80s there as well. You know the song, uh, What the World Needs Now is Love is one of his songs. And of course, uh, Dionne Warwick's song, I Say a Little Prayer, also one that he penned as well. Uh, Burt Bacharach was 94 years old. Yeah, he was always on TV in the 70s and 80s, right? All those like Dinah Shore show and Merv Griffin and all those shows, he always would show up. He was one of those guys. We lost. I think Jar- he was. I think he was in the. Uh, I think he was in the first Austin Powers movie as well, if I remember right. Had a brief cameo in there, him and Elvis Costello. I believe it. <laughs> he was not camera shy, right? He, this, oh yeah, that's for this sure. This guy was not camera shy. We lost Charles Kimbrough. Charles was a Murphy Brown star. He played. I forget the guy's name. He was the the kind of the pompous news guy, right? He was the. Yeah. I forget what his name was on the show. He's also the voice of Victor, the gargoyle in Hutchback and Notre Dame. It's a Disney movie. Uh, Charles Kimbrough was 86 years old. Uh, we lost Melinda Dillon this week. She was uh, kind of a quintessential movie mom. She played the mom in A Christmas Story and in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. She was 83 years old. Yeah, she was the mom of the little boy that gets snatched up, that went to the uh, whatever, that mountain that that devil's mountain or whatever it was devil's tower yeah devil's tower she was she was in that that was all those scenes um and i believe she was a ttm as well i'm not 100 sure on that but i think she was last uh we lost tom showing tom played for uh university of notre dame in um college he was a defensive back he played four games with the cleveland browns in 1970 tom was um he went he got drafted he got he he got drafted right out of college, went into the army. So he lost like three or four years, um, and then he came back. He did play one year uh, with the Browns. So it was one of your guys, Drew. He was yep. a pretty good TTM. He last TTM in two thousand twenty-one. Tom Schoen was seventy-seven years old. Well, Drew, that wraps up the Vern Rap Minute. Uh, our condolences and sympathy go out to anyone that lost anyone this week. Uh, we are sorry for your loss, uh, Drew. We'll jump right into returns. All right. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. I don't know. I think I have to bribe my postal carrier. Something, something's, <laughs> a, something's amiss. Yeah, yeah. I have. I've been sending out a lot. You know, I've been sending. I probably have fifty or sixty out there in the last three weeks. So mm-hmm. it's not that I'm not sending stuff out this, but I only got three returns. Uh, and I know you only got three returns this week as well. You want to yeah. do yours first? You want? You should I do mine? Yeah, I can jump on real quick here. Um, real quick here, I got a Juice Tandron as uh, one of them that came in. You may not recognize the name, but he had a card once again in the uh, one of the what year was this? This is 2013, 2020 Alan Ginter set. But a Juice Tandron is the barber for the Miami Marlins. And it's a job that he's had since the 90s. And apparently he's become so well known across Major League Baseball that there are a lot of players who will wait until they go down to Miami to uh, get their hair cut and have it done by him. So Topps gave him a card in the Allen Ginter set and he signed a couple of copies of that one for me. Yeah, Drew, right. For the forever, it was some guy in Atlanta, right? Wasn't the guy in Atlanta? The, there was a guy in Atlanta that was the barber. For- I think so. Yeah, that was, that was probably the most famous one there. And then, yeah, you've got uh, now Juice has taken that title away here over the last, what, 20, 25 years or so. I know. How do we get an Allen and Ginter card, Drew? We should really get one. Yeah, yeah. I think we really, yeah. That's They, they, they need <laughs> a podcaster series for sure. Uh, let's see. Who else do we get? We got a Dawn Staley, Basketball Hall of Famer. She is the coach at the University of South Carolina, just uh, is uh, coaching their amazing women's team. I mean, that's uh, South Carolina has had one of the best co- women's college basketball programs here over the last uh, half decade or so. And a lot of it is through her work, but she's a Basketball Hall of Famer, great as a player as well. 
But she signed her rookie card for me, so another one for the Hall of Fame uh, rookie card collection. And I also pulled in former Browns running back, Hall of Famer Leroy Kelly. Yeah, I Took saw about, those. On, he, Drew posts on on um, the internet all the time. His yeah. successes following him at DFW Graffer, uh, and he posted it yesterday. Drew, did you post it yesterday? I think so. It was either yesterday or the day before. That yeah, the I two put, uh, both cards up. came out really nice. Yeah, Leroy's got a great signature, and what I love about the 1972 cards, it has his. Uh, he's in the brown Browns jersey with the white number 44 on it. And he put a Hall of Fame 1994, but he divided with a 19 on the top of one of the fours and the 94 at the top of the other four there. So he definitely yeah, pays attention nice. to where he's signing and how he puts it on there. Did he charge? Uh, yeah, I think he's either 5 or $10 per. Okay, not bad. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's all I got. Those are my three for the week. Okay, it's all right. Three good ones. Yeah. Better yeah, than I'll mine. Better than mine. <laughs> well, I had three three as well so far. Hopefully we get a couple more today. I got, uh, this is a cool one. This one was less than a week, Drew. I think I sent this on Monday and I got it on like Friday. It came that quick. Uh, I, I'm talking Charles Mc, Chaz McCormick, who plays outfielder for the Houston Astros. He's on the championship team. I got him. He signed my first one. This is a 2022 Tops card. His rookie card. My, my first 2022 card signed, I think. So uh, that that one that was less than a week. He signed in blue Sharpie with his number. Very happy about that one. This one I got from Eric Hippel. Eric Hippel was a backup quarterback, starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions. He signed his 83 tops card with his number and his 86 tops card with his number in black Sharpie. And this one took maybe two months. This one took a little while to come back, but um, I was happy to get that one back. And then I got John Roche. John Roche signed in blue pen, little small, his ABA card, 1974, his ABA card. He played with a, a, a bunch of ABA uh, teams. He was, um, he played with the Kentucky Colonels and the New Jer the New York Nets. And he signed his 74, 75 tops card um, and not that big of signature, but it was a nice, nice uh, blue signature. So, Three cards for for the that was a quick one too. That one took uh, probably a week to come back. So um, I got a bunch. I got a bunch the, that are out there like you, and I'm going to mm -hmm. try to get out ten more next week before I go away. And hopefully, when I come back, my mailbox will be full. <laughs> nice. Yeah, send out all those international ones, and yeah, just drawing a blank on who to send domestically here, but we'll see what I come up with here this week. All right, bud. Good luck. Well, that that's kind of cool, guys. Um. We love we love to hear from you. Please send us an email. We love to hear from you. If you had any cool returns, we always love to that. Uh, Drew, I think it's time to wrap up the show. What do you think? I think so. All right, guys. Hopefully, you enjoyed our show this week. I want to thank Clemente Lise, who joins us every month. We talk uh, hockey and soccer and all sorts of collectible stuff. I want to thank Dave Merrick, Dave Merrick from the uh, vice senior vice president of marketing at the Somerset. Uh, Patriots, Dave Merrick is looking for a 1982 Donruss San Diego chicken card. Come on, somebody must have one. Not autographed. He just wants a raw one, guys. No, come on, it's worth a buck. Send it to me. Let me know. Send me an email. Drew, what do we want? What card are we looking for? It's an 82 Donruss San Diego chicken unsigned. unsigned. None of those 92 triple play stuff. None, nothing signed. Just blank. Okay, buddy. Thank you. Dave, thank you for, for joining us. Uh, I want to remind everyone about TTM Cast One on One. It's our Wednesday show. Drew and I do a little uh, on, who, on deck, right? We do a little, we talk about some TTM stuff. Uh, two weeks ago, Drew talked about intern mailing internationally. We have all sorts of, we have fun, some fun time with that as well. We have 
Wednesday, we have Roger, this Wednesday coming up, we have, excuse me, Roger Mason. Roger Mason, of course, played for 10 seasons in the major leagues, uh, including seven different teams. So we have Roger Mason. We're going to talk to him about his career and, and uh, signing autographs. So that is coming up next, uh, this this Wednesday, this Wednesday, guys, TTM Cast one-on-one. We have no show on Saturday, next Saturday, guys. No show on next Saturday. Also, no um, article in Sports Collectors daily next week so we're going to go a little black but we will have our regular shows on wednesday uh we'll have well uh drew and i will we'll, we'll i'm sure we'll do a maybe an extended show on wednesday drew right we'll do a little yeah. little wednesday summary um but i think that's it drew anything else before i, I let everyone go no i think we've got everything uh, pretty well covered in there okay guys enjoy the super bowl don't eat too much don't drink too much we got wednesday the 15th is Top Series 1, right? Yes. Release day, national holiday. Make sure you get that. If you get any cool cards, let us know. I think that's it. I'm going to wish everyone many happy returns. And, guys, we will see you on Wednesday. Have a good one. Be good. Be good.